Glenn has decided to tell Barbara of his dual personality. To tell her of the nighties and negligees, the sweaters and skirts, the robes and dresses, the stockings and the high-heeled shoes, the wig and the makeup. All that goes to make Glenn into Glenda. He tells Barbara he cannot cheat her of the knowledge that she, as his fiancée, should possess. All the facts. He tells her softly, hurriedly at first, then slowly as he becomes more technical. His hands move to caress the smooth material of her Angora sweater, which he has so long and so desperately wanted to put on his own body. That's about it, darling. I wanted to tell you for a long, long time, but just couldn't bring myself to do it. I've been too much afraid of losing you. understand this, but maybe together we can work it out. Tim. Gives me chills. <laughs> Don't miss the hut-rending conclusion of Glenn or Glenda. No one will be seated during the controversial Angora sweater sequence. All right. A new and entirely different type of cinematic adventure. Why, hello, it is uh, 8 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of July, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. Live from the plushly appointed and tactile studios of AM 970. Uh, the talker, this, my friends, is the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming along. It is uh, Wednesday, and welcome to Day 12. If you would like to join us today, it's honestly just as simple, so easy that a child could do it. It is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Nine seventy. If you'd like to uh, join us today, five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. With your comments, questions, clarifications, conventions, two cents, uh, what have ye? Uh, Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, or the just plain weird. It's five zero three seven three three two. 970-503-733-2970. You can email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. All right. Well, hello and howdy and uh, stuff. Is that the end of the movie? Is that the final sequence of Glenn, Glenn or Glenda? takes out the sweater and hands it to you know, but even then they knew that it pandered to the American audience who had to have bosoms at some point. And that's, what's her name? That's Dolores, is that Dolores Fuller? Is that his yeah. wife? As played by Sarah Jessica Parker in the movie Ed Wood. Do I really have a face like a horse? Uh, it's so great because they go to this whole weird cross-dressing movie and then at the end, uh, there's just this great sequence where it's just without, without question, she just stands up and just takes off her sweater right in front of the camera. So it really is the best of all possible worlds, Glenn or Glenda. Uh, you can own that as part of the Ed Wood uh, collection, the, the box set, which I own, by the way, which I got at CD Game Exchange. Uh, you gave one to me. I gave one to you for Christmas or your birthday or some, something. One of those things. Did I, I give you... Get it again. Did I give you the one that... Can we get Tim's mic? 
just a little. We're, uh, we're just trying this. Yeah, it's. I think he's almost inaudible over there. How was this? Uh, did I give you the the Edward box set that came in the, the pink Angora? No. There's that one. They sell three different versions of the Edward box set. There's the one that I got at CD Game Exchange, which was unbelievably cheap. It was like twenty bucks. I mean, it's like five movies and a documentary. Uh, and then they sell one, like the sort of middle, the middle ground one, price-wise, where it comes in. Like, it's just cardboard, but it's printed to look as though it's pink Angora. And then they sell a version of that Edward box set that literally the whole box is just swaddled in pink Angora. Oh, I and that's more. It's like $75. I was happy with what I got, and I All watched right. them again and again. Yeah. Classics. Rick American cinema. Rick Emerson cares, but only, you know, only so much. Uh, all right. Well, uh, hello and howdy and uh, whatnot. Uh, coming up later on today, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, from New York City. We'll also talk to CNN Radio correspondent James Roop joining us uh, later this hour from Los Angeles. Uh, today we'll do the uh, top five, top five ugliest rock stars uh, of all time. That'll be coming up later on in the program. Top five ugliest rock stars of all time. We will uh, try to get to the worst song uh, ever today. Uh, later on in, I don't know, like 145 or so, uh, we'll be joined in the studio by Susan Reynolds' daughter, uh, I never, I can never remember if I'm, if I'm supposed to use her name. Well, for now, I won't say her name. I always, I always Clarice. forget. Clarice. <laughs> Clarice. <laughs> Boy, talk about things you can never name your kids. <laughs> Is this the daughter that's been in before? Uh, yeah, but I can't remember if we used her name or not. Can you also sweeten my microphone a little bit? I'm sorry. Yeah, all Just of everything sounds really weird. Well, I can't even hear. Can you hear me? I can, I can hear you. Hear what? I can, I can hear. Oh. You. You're only a foot from me. That's why. Sarah, can you hear me? Yeah, this all sounds weird. All right. They all sound weird. See me, feel me, touch me, hear me. Uh, there you go. Okay, that sounds better. Uh, in any event, what was I saying? So Susan's daughter was in the studio at one point when they were doing that weird, you know, the, the school corporation thing. But I can't remember if we were, if we used her name or not. So we'll just call her Clarice, just to make it creepy. Uh, so she'll be in later on today to quiz us about the teen slang the kids are all using these days. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, oh, and I got the best thing about Corey Feldman, which is a phrase you just don't hear enough these days. Uh, so we'll talk Corey Feldman here in just a few. Uh, we'll get to a pile of random and inane questions that are cropping up in the mind of Rick Emerson. Uh, let's see what else. Terrible movie remake news uh, right here. Um, I have this thing about nachos. Maybe we'll get to that. Maybe we won't. Uh, well, in any event, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Wednesday. The Polish government refuses to put our missiles in their country. Too bad, says the U.S., we're putting them there anyway. There's a major drug bust in Northeast. A thief posing as a maintenance man is stealing from a downtown Portland building. A woman shoots herself while trying to kill mice. Excellent. This obese America, a 500-pound patient, dies after becoming trapped in a hospital elevator. <laughs> the medical world warns, fat men have bad sperm. All right, fantastic. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen. How are you doing today? <laughs> no, sorry, that last sentence grossed me out. You just had the weirdest look on your face. No, the fat, the fat men have bad sperm wasn't the best phrase I've ever heard. No. <laughs> you think most ladies would know that. Yeah, and so forth. How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing all right. You look nice. Oh, I do? Yes, you do. Thank you. I didn't. Uh, I couldn't sleep very well last night, so I'm going on like a few hours of sleep. Excellent. And then the whole... Um, yeah, reliving the whole Richie scenario from yesterday. Yeah, I think we have to just. I think we have to take like uh, just. Which to, I'm really glad that that isn't happening like until later. Like a scrubbing next week. break. Yeah, seriously. I gotta just. What is? Uh, what is that? Um, what is it? What is it that? What is it that uh, the Damon Wayans says in? Uh, in in bamboozle, which is really one of the great one of the great Spike Lee films. 
Uh, but there's that sequence where they're, because they're putting together, you know, they're doing like a variety show. And The Bamboozled really is a, is a great film. Not for family viewing, but it's a great film. But there's that whole sequence where it's just, it's the sequence that you've seen a million times uh, in movies where it's just the montage of people auditioning for the gig. Just like you've seen in The Commitments where Jimmy Rabbit opens the door and there's the guy, a snotty-nosed young fellow with a mouth organ. And there's just a whole bunch of people singing at the front door. There's a great sequence in Bamboozled where uh, Damon Wayans is just sitting in the crowd and, and there's the whole cavalcade of people coming out and auditioning for the slots. And it ends, it goes, I don't want to have anything to do with anything black for at least a week. Well, that's how I'm feeling today, except it's about transvestism. Uh, so we'll just, uh, we should talk about beef jerky and chicks <laughs> and bitches. Uh, and boobs. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's the top five. Excellent. Fantastic. Wonderful. All right. Um, and this is all true. Yeah, okay. True. Did you do anything exciting last night? Um, no, I went out with a friend and we went like uh, bike riding all over town, which is really fun. But then I my bike hit like a, a rock later on in the night and I fell into some bushes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, it, okay. it looks as cool as it sounds. Too. That's okay. You know, I was we were uh, we had a um, a meeting over at the Kink Building the other day, and I was I had ridden my bike to work. And so I was like, you know what, I'll just bicycle over there because the parking at the kink building always sucks. And so I get out of the parking lot, and I swear to God, I wasn't like 10 feet down the road, and I heard that No. And then the flat tire goes, and I think I have some weird bike karma, maybe, because of my because of my screwing children out of their money. Uh, that My bike tires just seem to go flat. You know, I, I, I can't even remember the last time Lara had a flat tire on her bike. And she rides the thing a lot more often than I do. But it does seem like about every six weeks I got to get one of my tires, and it's like I've had the rims looked at, I've had the whatever examined, and I have the, and I am that lame guy that can't change my own bike tires. And so there I am, like in my full, you know, like just pushing the bike sadly down the street, just looking like a gimp, eh, pushing it into the bike gallery or something, asking them to fix it, and then they give you that look of scorn because they know that you're the guy that can't fix your own bike tire. And I know that it's not that difficult. I know it's easy. I know I could probably learn it. Probably 15 minutes, I could figure out how to change my bike tire. It just seems like there's always something better to do. And so I've never bothered to learn. And so then I'm obliged to go in and spend like $18 uh, to have some, you know, like a minimum wage with a wrench come out and fix my bike. That's just the most emasculating thing. I have thing. a thing of buying a bike. Really? Where do you find a bike? Uh, places that says bikes? That might be a good start, yes. You could also what go to a place of... that says lamps, but that's probably not going to work out as well. But I mean, are there different types of bikes? I don't understand this question. Are you... I, I... What do you mean? What do I mean? Are there different types of bikes? Well, there are different types of bikes, obviously. Which one would be one of the better ones? All right. Economical in which to ride. You know what this is, Tim? This is a great idea for a segment later on. Let me write it down. I Hold on. I was thinking we should have somebody come Tim. in and teach you how to change a tire. And bikes. Well, Inks, that wouldn't be humiliating. Well, not familiar with the bike world? Well, we'll get somebody who knows what they're talking about. I and mean, we're surrounded by people who bike. I mean, both here in the studio, uh, you know, at the station, uh, and in the audience. I mean, how much do they cost? A bike? Yeah. Well, I suppose. Are you going to be buying a Huffy from Walmart? I mean... No, just something to, to get me to the corner store. Well, I mine cost... Uh, the bike I have, which is used, uh, mine is what they call... Mine is a hybrid, uh, which means that it's not a street bike and it's not a mountain bike. It's sort of somewhere in between. It's sort of a rugged type of street bike, um, which, which is just, I got because it was, it was relatively... It was a few hundred bucks. Uh, and it was incredibly comfortable, and I was told that it's... Because I don't really need a mountain bike, but I was told that it, the, the hybrid is a good thing if you ever do any sort of... Like you're going on like a trail or something, which I do with Lara occasionally, and that way it's not... You know, it doesn't get all bent out of shape or whatever. I don't know. Something we'll, right on a flat road. Well, see, well, see, then you probably just need a street bike. A street bike. Maybe we have a sponsor can that can help us out with this. Or you could get one of those things... <laughs> you could just get one of those, like, fixed gear things that the punk kids all, uh, all, uh, all ride. All right, well, we'll figure it out later. 
Um, let's see. Uh, oh, like those zoo bangers? <laughs> I think a zoo banger is something else. <laughs> That's what you write in Enum Cloth. <laughs> That's a 1% joke, but it was worth it. Oh, God. All right. Uh, so we have uh, phone calls coming up and so forth. I guess Tim's bike. In fact, we'll just do that now because I think we're doing Jim Rube a little later, right? 11.45? Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, please now to be calling if you're familiar with the world of bicycles, and Tim Riley will pepper you with questions about what it is he ought to be riding. It's, who says the Rick Emerson Show doesn't take a hold of community problems and solve them? That's true. It's 503-733-2970. Um, Craigslist is a great place to find bikes, too. How do I know they're not stolen? Oh, should I care? What do you care? I mean, really, let's... You're... I don't want to contribute to dishonesty. <laughs> what do I care? I'm the news director here. You can be running around by. You think Katie Couric is out there? Mine's stolen property. Maybe she is. I don't know. No, but, again, but don't we have lots of our reporters off in getting impregnated by married men in Iraq? Oh, is that us or is that CNN? No, that's us. Excellent. Good for you. something right. CBS takes another, takes another bold step forward. It's, it's a casting trench. It's <laughs> it's a five zero three seven three three two. I'm not advocating that you buy stolen property, I'm but I'm just saying. Advocating to have sex with no. people. <laughs> I'm just I'm just I saying. Don't think people need to be prodded into that. I guess my point is, if you're buying something on Craigslist, how would you even know it? Like, there's no way to really determine if that's stolen, right? Well, I'm on there now. Where it's not like a, it's not like a car where there's a VIN number. So I don't mean to sound callous about it. I'm not advocating. No I'm not in favor of bike theft, nor am I advocating that you buy I a guess stolen bike. It never bike. really occurred to me. But that's what I'm saying. If you buy a stolen bike on Craigslist, when I say, "What do you care?" Like, how how would you even know? There's like, a if it's price to sell in St. John's for twenty five dollars, <laughs> might like that be stolen? That's almost certainly stolen. I'm sure stolen. that's an honest deal. <laughs> Everything else, hundred fifty, hundred fifty, two hundred. St. John's twenty five dollars. Take it once. <laughs> uh, you know, I have some other questions I, wanna, I was going to ask, but now the phones are all full of bike calls. Oh my gosh, one's two hundred twenty-five dollars. Hey, who wants to hear a random musing that I had last night about the about diseases? I do. Sure. So, did you know that there are sugar-related diseases? Uh, such oh, like as diabetes. Such as diabetes, but I think that there are other things largely having to do with your kidneys, um, and because they said that the generation whatever, the generation that comes after, I think even you, are you generation Y or X? You're like I, on the middle. I think I'm on the cusp. I think I'm like, I think I'm probably why. Well, whatever it is. The next, like, like Susan's kids, uh, that generation, that's the, you always hear the statistic about, you know, Generation X is the first uh, generation that is expected to out uh, or to underperform their parents financially. But now there's a new standard that's been set. The next generation is the first generation that is expected to not live as long as their parents. Uh, so the... I think it's the 40-somethings right now, judging from the George Michael concert the other day. <laughs> these people are not going to live to be 60. Just rolling their way into the festival seating. Oh. Um, but uh, so apparently the, the, the generation that is coming up now, the generation of the teenagers of today, they are the first generation not expected to exceed their parents in terms of life expectancy. And they said, this was uh, in the New York Times, they said that it is because of, quote, sugar-related diseases. And so that I had this whole idea last night. I had a, a whole bunch of great ideas. I was just jotting them down as fast as they came into my head. I had this idea that we ought to name sugar-related diseases after things from Willy Wonka, such as Slugworth's disease or Schickelgruber syndrome. Did you start drinking? <laughs> Are you on the new medication yet? <laughs> Schickelgruber syndrome. Whatever. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Prognosia. The word, the word shickled Gruber. That's because those are the competing candy. Uh, those are the competing candy makers in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's Slugworth, Prognose, and Shickle Gruber. Okay. And because they're all bribing the various kids to steal Wonka's secrets uh, when they go into the factory. 
All right. Well, in any event. I found a stingray here. That was my bike as a child. I'm, I don't think old. you want to be seen riding a stingray as a grown man. That's just going to look weird. That that would look weird, wouldn't it? Learn to yeah, laugh like this. <laughs> here's a, a broken bike for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Needs welding help. <laughs> so so now all you have to do is buy yourself a ten thousand dollar yeah. arc welding setup, and you'll be all you'll be all taken care of. It's a broken bike for a dollar. It's, it's a broken bike for a dollar. How do you suppose dollar? they arrived at that figure hey, exactly? In Northeast. We can charge two dollars, but that just seems immoral. That doesn't seem right. I uh, seventy-five cents. Now then, we're taking a loss. One dollar. All right. Uh well, we'll get some uh, bike calls here in a moment for Tim Riley. Let's see. And then I have this question about poker games. Uh, let's see. Something about Peru. All right. This Obama thing I wrote down. Uh, let's uh, let's get this. Uh, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Oompa, Dad. Oompa Loompalism. That's a great idea for a disease, Richie. I'm sorry. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. Hello. Yeah, I'm on at five, and I just got flashed. Mm -hmm. Kids. You know why is is my computer not up? No, it's up. See, because I'm playing this right now. My computer's turned up over here, and yet there's no audio coming up. I'm playing the cricket noise right now. It's playing. I can see the levels over here. The volume is all turned up. <laughs> all right. Thank you for helping, sir. I appreciate that. Tim needs a freewheeler. Was this the extent of your call? Was to call up and speak to me as though I were Tom Likas? Well, you said earlier you want to talk about boobs and get your mind off of... Oh, that is true. We should have a whole high... I don't think we'll have time for a high concept Thursday tomorrow because the kids of Whitney High are going to be in the studio. Uh... So as well as competitive eater Joey Chestnut. So maybe we'll do high concept Thursday today and make it high concept Wednesday. And we'll make it all boob-oriented Wednesday. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Uh, Timmy's uh, a three-wheeler, by the way. What is that? I mean, I, I mean, I understand that it might have wheels amounting to three, but, I mean, what is it? It's just a tricycle for adults. We <laughs> need a tricycle for adults, Tim. And then some, and then some plastic pants. This right. in a good way. Thank you. you. Bye. One all of my right. friends is actually building a trike. All right, well, this is back to the issue of my computer. Well, this is really frustrating then because I, it worked all day yesterday. Remember at the end of yesterday's show, I went to play the end of show clip, and there was just no try sound. Again, try it again. I'll play the... Okay, there we go. And now it's Yay. mysteriously back. What did you do? I didn't do anything. I didn't touch anything. No. I touched not a I've single thing. Sitting here. That's the way to fix things. Oh, Jesus. Uh, it's going to be one of those days. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, uh, the kind of bike uh, that Tim needs is a beach cruiser. See, now... That's kind of what I have. I, I have a electric yeah. three speed. And it's cruiser. a it's a one. Is that a, typically a one gear bike or multi gear? No, it's a three to five speed. But you know, you know, he doesn't need. You know, I don't think he needs twenty one or fifty six speed. So. Are you making that up? Are there really fifty six speed bikes? No, not that I know of. How high? Uh, what, what is the maximum number of of uh, of speeds that a bike that you could buy in a bike? I mean, like from a store. I saw one that had, uh, it was a mountain bike. It had like a 35 or something like that. Is there really any call to use? In what possible scenario would you be using 35 different speeds on your bike? Well, consider your normal 21 speed and then have another set as low gears. Yeah, I understand that, but I'm saying what would, like, what would require the use of 36 or 35 speeds? Uh, hill climbs, I guess. I don't know. If it's that steep, I walk. So. Mm. All right. All right. Uh, so you're suggesting a, what, a beach cruiser for Tim? Like a beach cruiser. I bought one, and you're going to laugh, but it's a Huffy. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jesse James, you know, the, the chopper guy, right. contact with Huffy, and he designed quite a few really cool-looking beach <laughs> Tim, you totally have to ride on a, on a beach cruiser designed by Jesse James. 
That is fantastic. That's genius. That is the uh, and he's the uh, he's the West Coast chopper guy, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. So uh, you should totally get one with like flames and big skulls, Tim. <laughs> and then like and then and then in like where the where the pedals would be instead of regular pedals, it would yeah. be like they would look like Budweiser cans. Yeah. There you go. All right. But, excellent. He's, uh, uh, but they, uh, he has one um, beach cruiser. It's got, I don't know, it's got, like, uh, extra spokes in it. It looks really cool. So. All right. Are you going to put uh, baseball cards in your spokes, Tim? I was just thinking about that. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. You bet. All right. Bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hello. Are you talking to me? Yes, I am. Hello, sir. Hi. Hey. Hey, you know where uh, Tim needs to go buy a bike at? There's a bike shop with bike people all over the top of it, you know, like the silhouettes. Oh, right. Yeah, that's in Southeast, on, right? On Grand? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've been there. That's like some hippie shop, right? No, 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 no. There's the hippie shop, too. He could go support the communists and buy his beach cruiser there. Oh, there's the, uh, uh, you know what it is? There's that people's, I hate to, I hate to, my mouth doesn't even like to form words like this, the people's collective. Isn't there that Portland bike collective thing in well, Alberta? Yeah, and there's a bike, yeah, there's a, there is, exactly. That's the one that we partnered with for that uh, fund, uh, that that uh, that charity thing we did last year, where we yeah, were they, collecting uh -huh. bikes for, like, you know, for, for, for poor kids and whatnot. That's, yeah, they give them away every Christmas and all that's that. That's not a bad place, Tim. It's I now I know it's not in the suburbs. It is on Alberta Street, but it's like I think it's communist establishment. <laughs> yes, it is. You, all the never, they're all they're, they're all little red bikes. <laughs> um, it's uh, what is it called? The Portland Bike Co-op or something like that? I think, well, there's the the um, community cycling center that's maybe, on like 17th in Alberta. That's my, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know that it's a non-profit thing, but I think it's uh, you know. It's, it's communist. It must be free. It's, it's, that's a total like nonprofit sustainable thing. It is that really itself. what it is? So they, yeah. I mean, they they have a wide variety of, uh, of bikes there for much less than you might expect them. Yeah, they get like used bikes and then refurbish them. When is the last time you rode a bike? Me? No, I'm. <laughs> well, or, or, at the moment, I'm talking to Tim. <laughs> 19. <laughs> I like this already. I demand that you bike to work at least 19, once. 1974. <laughs> 1970, it's been 34 years. That is so genius. The first wow. day, you have to bicycle 40 miles wearing a full pack in the sun. <laughs> oh, this well, is... Oh, you're not even going to be able to walk. You're not even going to be able to stand. Isn't it true? You never knee, forget. Your, knee, your, knees, your knees are going to snap like they were made out of wet cardboard. Like a dry twig, you're going to press down, and your legs are just going to turn to powder. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, this is it. You totally, you have to buy one now. It's just, it's a given. I mean, for the, for the show, if nothing else. All right. Uh, thank you, sir. Have fun on your new three-speed, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Uh -huh. What is prompting this? There's also this? the recyclery um, on, like, 9th and Madison. 9th and Madison. They've always been really good to me. They oh, right. By, is that by the, the Lucky Lab? Yep, right okay. next to the Lucky Lab. What is the a sick cruiser with ape hangers? <laughs> Don't really know. I saw that one. Was that sent to you by a dude who, like, as his sig file links to his band's MySpace page? Yeah, it's in here. And then... Uh, Instead of a Schwinn, they have some Swins. Swin. Is that like S H W I N? Swin. Is that like on? Is that like on? Everybody hates Chris, where the dad comes home with like a two Musketeers bar. Yeah. Here you go, boy. These are M and N's. There are two Swins for sale. One for forty, and the other for fifty. A Swin and a Hoofy. Now who would pay? Endorsed by Lance Legstrong. 
there's another one. Broken bike, $450. <laughs> now, seriously. <laughs> the other broken bike was a dollar. I know. If given a choice between the dollar bike that's broken and the other broken bike for $450, and this one's in Mount Hood, is this, it'll cost $450 in gas. Is this there. like the showcase showdown where that bike is so expensive the other guy just had to sell his for a dollar? What? Let me ask you this, Tim. If you haven't ridden a bike since 1974, what is it that's prompting this new... The, the, the plunging headlong into the world of cycling. All my neighbors are getting them. Is this because of the price of gas? It might be. Well, you know, I'm close by a lot of things I could pedal to. Yeah. But I mean, as of now, now, right now, do you drive or walk to things that are relatively close? Yesterday, I walked to something that was relatively close because it was a pet shop, and I just needed a small bag of pet food. Do you typically drive, though? Typically. Do you feel bad about it when you do? Do you feel wasteful? Yes, because I, I, mean, I, I, I put $40 worth of gas in my car. It barely moves the needle. And then the red light's already blinking by the time, the time I get, get home to... after five minutes. <laughs> by the time you get to Fred Meyer, you're on fumes. All right. Excellent. So uh, I, I'm, what is help a fat chick get jiggy? What kind of bike is that? I don't think that's a bicycle. I think you may be reading the hooker ads again. Well, it's in with the bikes. Help a fat chick get jiggy? That's what it says. Who is jiggy? I think Jiggy's a state of being, Tim. <laughs> Here's a Schwinn. What is Jiggy? Here's a Schwinn chopper bike for a little lady for $50. I don't believe you're a little lady. I. How about a banging BMX old school Harrow Master? <laughs> I don't understand anything that you're reading. I know. I don't either. These uh, are all bike-related questions. All right. Well, we'll have to We'll have to have somebody. Clearly, I'm going to be no, no help here. And Sarah's got a cool bike, but Sarah's bike is probably a little more retro than you want. Because uh, Sarah's bike is, I mean, I, I know you ride it a lot, but it's also, your bike is uh, equally about fashion and function. How about I, one of those yeah, bikes like they have in Amsterdam? They all look alike and they're black. Remember those? You went to Amsterdam? They all have the same bike there. No, I don't. The bikes all look alike and they're black. Yeah. They're not, there was nothing special about them, but everybody was riding them. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, we're going to be joined in the studio tomorrow by competitive eater Joey Chestnut. Uh, Richie's just confirmed that. We should probably break here. There's, there's oh so much. It's like 11.35. We've squandered half an hour of people's lives. They'll never get back. You're closer to death by 32 minutes, everybody. All right. Well, we'll, we'll discuss Tim's bike travails later on. Uh, oh, oh, don't. So whenever we get back, remind me to tell you about the Corey Feldman thing. So um, don't let me forget. And really, honestly, you can't let me forget because we have to do it today. So... Sarah, you're in charge of remembering okay. Corey Feldman. I will not forget. Okay, we'll get back. Jim Roop around the corner. Tim Riley coming at noon from the Ministry of Truth. Later on, the top five. And more. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Joined in mere moments by CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio program. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, this is uh, Eric, hey, can, faithful listener. Can you hold on just one moment, sir? Hey, Richie, can you uh, check the uh, call-in line? Thank you. Uh, yes, go ahead, sir. Uh, yes, uh, sorry to bother you at work. Uh, I was wondering if you would be interested in talking to Peter Frampton. Would I ever? The answer to that question is always yes. All right. Well, I'll talk to Richie then. Wait, hold up. Who are you? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm faithful listener, Eric. And uh, But, I mean, how is it that you have the hookup with Peter Frampton? Uh, 
well, I uh, I used to have a newspaper in Vancouver. You might remember I did. Oh article. yes, you did an article, uh, the Vanguard. Yes. Tell me, I don't remember things. I wrote. Did I write an article for that? Uh, no. Was I photographed for it? Uh, I used uh, some stock photos from your uh, former station. All right then. All right. So you so you have the hookup with Peter Frampton. Uh, yes, I do. I'm I'm working with Hot July Nights now, and uh, oh, that's right. He's coming. He's coming with the. Uh, it was him and somebody. Boys. It, who? Uh, the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. All right. Is no. that featuring John Stamos? I would. I don't believe so. I he, think that's. He plays with them. Not now. Does the does, yeah. does John Stamos play with the Beach Boys now in 2008? Yeah, he just. I just saw pictures of a of a Beach Boys concert like a couple yeah. weeks ago. I guess what else is he going to do? Uh, honest, yeah, no, I, I would know. absolutely be interested in talking to Peter Frampton. Yes, sir. Okay, all right. We'll talk to Richie. I'm going to put you on hold. Hey, Richie, will you uh, will you talk to Eric there? Uh, thank you, and find out all about the the world of Peter Frampton. That would be. You know why I want to talk to Peter Frampton? Uh, because he had a small role in and wrote many of the songs for Almost Famous. Uh, because you know he's the road manager for in that movie. I think he plays the road manager for not the Eagles. He plays the road manager for. Well, Jesus, like in the, during the card game. Yeah, he's the guy with the glasses. Hey, Penny Lane, good to see you. That guy. And then I he, didn't know that was Peter Frampton. It's totally Peter Frampton. And then he wrote and played guitar on a bunch of the Stillwater songs. Like, Fever Dog. I think he co-wrote that and plays the guitar on it. So, there we go. I'm all over that. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From Los Angeles. Kneel before him. James Roof. Hello, sir. How are you, my friend? What should I ask Peter Frampton if we get him on the show? Ask him what happened after that first album. <laughs> you know, that's a question that he's either never asked or he's just been asked a lot. I got it. It's a great album. It really is. And, uh, I mean, he did nothing before that, I don't think. Well, that's the weird thing about Frampton Comes Alive. Here's the question I have about Frampton Comes Alive. Uh, and maybe this is a discussion for another time, but screw it. It's my show. We'll do it now. Here's my question about Frampton Comes Alive. That double album, it's a live double album of him playing all these songs before a rapturous sold-out audience, right? Mm -hmm. And so, as you noted, I don't think anybody really ever heard of Peter Frampton before that. So my question is, how did he come to be in front of an audience that size who knew all of his songs? Well, wasn't that recorded in England? I think he was big in, in Great Britain. I don't know the answer to that. And I wonder how many albums he had before that one. That's the only one I've ever seen. You know, you know, that's a thing that doesn't happen anymore, the breakthrough live album. You know, the live album that really puts you on the map. Yeah. Hold on. Frampton Comes Alive. Let's look it up right now. Frampton Comes Alive. I can list right now uh, a whole bunch of albums, uh, live albums, that were the breakthrough release for a band. Uh, bands that never got any attention until they did the live album. Um... Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, Live Silver Bullet, um, or Live Bullet, whatever the hell it's called. That was their breakthrough album, and that guy had done like 15 records before that. He was huge in Detroit, but really nowhere else. Peter Frampton, um, Kiss, uh, had put out uh, three studio records, sold nothing, nil, zero, were about to be dropped in a label, and then Kiss Alive, you know, went like quad quadzillion platinum or whatever and put them on the map. Uh, let's see, here we go. Frampton Comes Alive, released 1976. Frampton, as you noted, had minimal commercial success with his early albums. This changed with his breakthrough best-selling live album recorded at Winterland, San Francisco. No kidding. That is so weird. And so my question is, I don't know how many people the Winterland holds. That's not even there anymore, uh, I don't think. But I wonder exactly how it is that he came in to be in front of a crowd that was so large and who knew all of his songs since nobody had ever really heard of him before. Huh. You know how long it stayed in the Billboard 200 charts? 97 weeks. Good Lord. It was number one for 10 of those weeks. Wow. Wow. 
Anyway. You know, and, and uh, you know, I saw him when he played with Ringo Starr several years ago. In the All-Star Band? Yeah. Yeah. Man, he is uh, – I've always said this, but in seeing him live, I know it for a fact. He is one of the greatest guitar players. Peter Frampton? Oh, my God. Oh, absolutely. No, he's He can rock on that thing. He is one of those guys that – I mean, you know, I guess it's a good problem to have, but became immediately pigeonholed by that live album as a certain kind of artist. And, you know, it's the, you know it's kind of being in the golden cage, right, where it's like, yeah, you know, he's famous and he had the money and whatever. But unfortunately, everybody just sort of viewed him as that guy. And, over, and he, I think, later in life found a lot of his success co-writing, playing guitar for, sort of for hire and doing some production work. Because you said that's really where his talent is. He's yeah. really an astounding guitarist. Yeah. And, uh, and the other, of course, every DJ who is my age or older... You know, loves Peter Frampton's live album because if you like, you needed to go to the can or go to the convenience store or something. You just put on that. Uh, do you feel like yeah. I do? Yeah. You know, and it you just... know you got seven minutes. Oh, no, dude, longer than that. Do you feel like I do? Is isn't that eighteen minutes long? Oh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I might be confusing it with In a Gata Vita, though. I think. Do you? I feel... might be confusing it with Sweet, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes too. I, who knows? <laughs> or also did the live version of Days to Confuse. That was the <laughs> other one. Hey, hold on. Now I got to look up and see how long Do You Feel Like I Do is. Uh, let's see. Do you feel like we do? Uh, do you feel like we do running time, 14 minutes, 16 seconds? Can't be what was played on the air, though. Uh, you know, when I worked in AOR, we played the whole thing. Really? When I worked at AOR Radio. Uh, uh, it was one of the ones that was carted up, so I, I think, uh, I think it, the, only, the station I worked for, WFIB in beautiful Cincinnati, um, I think they only put about seven minutes, 40 seconds. Oh, because of the cart length, because of the limitations of yeah. the technology. Uh, when I, by the time I worked in AOR, uh, which for the, the uninitiated sense for album-oriented rock, uh, as distinct from like classic rock in that it had a lot of some current stuff. Right. Um, the, when I worked in AOR, I think we had just transitioned to CDs, so we were able to play the whole thing, all 14 minutes and 16 seconds of wow. it. And boy, just uh, the era of playing a 14-minute song in the air, boy, that time has just gone forever. Gone. Well, there are no AOR stations anymore. There really aren't. There's what they call active rock stations. Uh, we share the building with an active rock station. They're classic rock stations. Uh, and then, you know, there's like AAA stations, but there really isn't the full, like a full service rock station anymore. They really don't exist the way that they used to, which is fine. I mean, it's not, I have to say, by working, and you probably have shared this experience, by working in AOR radio for a long time, I was just, I am, there's, there's so many pieces of rock music and artists that I just even now can't listen to. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, I just, you know, the, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to think of a real obvious uh, example. Well, I mean, look, here's here's the thing. Molly Hatchet. Uh, Molly Hatchet, um, the Doobie Brothers. Marshall I mean, Tucker. Marshall Tucker, Black Oak, Arkansas. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, Procol, just Procol Harum. Uh, Procol Harum, uh, and then a lot of the like Brian Adams type stuff. Uh, just that's after I left the holes, and I and I had the either good fortune or misfortune to be working. Uh, in rock radio right as the sort of grunge thing was happening. Oh. And so as much as I really do love them and respect them, I just can't listen to Pearl Jam ever again. Ever. I just, I just can't. It's just, I just can't stomach it. Um, and it was about, it was about seven or eight years before I could listen to like Led Zeppelin for pleasure. <laughs> because it's like as soon as I would hear that, we a Papa Rumbarella and a 60 cent, I would just, bam, radio off. I just I could not I, take it. I would get off my shift and I'd turn on the AM dial, man. I, just listen, give me some top forty. Give me something that lasts three minutes and five seconds. Well, you know that was my. I'll give you something that lasts three minutes and five seconds, Jim. Ah, <laughs> um, no, the uh, you know, but that was my thing. Is I got done with with the uh, you I know just got that. I just, I just trans. And I know you're the wrong gender to really make it work, but I had to use it. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, but that's I moved from AOR radio into talk, and it was just it was just like the big. I hate this cliche, but it was just like the biggest breath of fresh air, just to just to be away from having to play, uh, you know, like summer of '69 for the thousandth time. Good Lord. All right. Well, in any event. Um, oh, hey. So uh, speaking of radio, members of the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists approved a new contract. Wait, so they approved the contract? Yeah. Uh, after approve their contract, yes. So what's the deal with SAG then? Well, SAG will respond to the what the Alliance of uh, Motion Picture and Television Producers calls its best and final offer. How many times have we heard that mm -hmm. in contract negotiations? But uh, SAG is is supposed to respond to that offer tomorrow at a meeting. Now I'm I'm thinking that SAG doesn't have a whole lot of bargaining power anymore. They're the lone wolf. They're they're the last guild, the last union to strike a deal. And they may they may be deflated now. Although the statement released yesterday by Alan Rosenberg and the uh, and the people at SAG, you, know, you would think their arrogance um, is in full swing because they said they're not finished negotiating after left too much on the table. They're going to go in and continue to get what they think they want. And as you said, it's, you know, it's a lot e it's a lot easier to sort of dig in your heels and be tough when you've sort of got the you know you, the the other union brethren sort of with you. But now they're kind of like the last man standing. Yeah, here's the problem, too. You have so many uh, SAG members that are AFTRA members. So if, if, you're, if you're on a production and SAG goes on strike, well, you just pull out your AFTRA right. card, and you can still work. So even a strike by SAG would be ridiculous at this point. So how much so the after guys so do they get I mean in a sort of broad sense do they get what they were what they were looking for? That's not a bad deal. It's it's 10% pay increase over over 3 years and if, go go to the uh, UAW and find out what they got their last contract, you know? Right. Uh, they got uh, a contribution to uh, health and pension which I didn't think they'd get. It's a half a percent, but that's a lot of money when you think about all the studios that are contributing to sure. this thing. Uh, and then they they got some jurisdiction over uh, new media. They, there's there's a residual payment schedule now for actors whose work winds up being downloaded or streamed. So it's not like a one-time shot and there you are. There's a, a residual payment schedule. So I think it's a pretty good deal that uh, after worked out, and uh, this is the same kind of deal that everybody's worked out with uh, producers. And you know, SAG needs to you know figure out what they're going to do here and disaster at least quasi averted for the economy of uh, southern california yeah i don't think there's going to be a, a a strike i mean everybody's pretty much rallying around this uh everybody's proud of after uh even you know all the other unions and really man there's got to be there should be just one entertainment union all this crap where you got to join this you know if you're if you're a stage actor you got to join after so you can record your production then you got if if you're a member of after sag you got to join equity so you can perform live you know it's it's ridiculous they ought to just have one entertainment union and that way negotiating power is bigger and better uh, they they probably would get a better offer if there was just one big union, but you know we're not there yet. Well, you have to tell you, as a consumer of uh, of American entertainment uh, and electronic culture, I for one am glad that the uh, the programming coming out of the big glass boob is not going to be interrupted. <laughs> no, it won't be. <laughs> I mean, it, it will continue to flow freely. <laughs> That's the bottom line. You know what I'm saying? That's it's all about That's me, it, brother. Man. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your day. We will talk to you soon. Thank you, boss. There you go. That's uh, Jim Rupe, ladies. Fantastic. Hello, Sarah Dillon. Hello. All right. Well, after Tim was talking about all this bicycle stuff, because I've been thinking about getting a motorcycle, and now I've been looking at Craig's uh, motorcycle. Okay. It's all going to end badly. That's all going to end in tears and traction. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson <laughs> Show. Hello. Confidence. I'm just saying, it's you. look, you were bicycling yesterday, and you fell into a bush. <laughs> a motorcycle's that like that, but it goes that was one time. three times as fast. I, but 
really one time on a motorcycle is one time. Because here's the thing. I Can we just can we speak freely as adults? Now, you know I love you, but I see you leave the studio many times with no helmet on your bicycle. And I know that you would wear a helmet while motorcycling. Yes, I would wear a full face thing. See, but I also know that you would occasionally give it a temptation, like on summer days, and you would not cover up completely. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no way. I'm just saying. No way, no. I'm late. I want to look stylish. Then you have no skin. No, with my bicycle, I'm comfortable with it because I know my route. And I, I, you know, know to stay away from cars and I ride side streets and stuff. But no, I'd never jeopardize myself like that. You know, your head is the best friend you have. It's true. All right. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Is this me? Yes, it is. Hello. Oh, this is DJ. Look up Hot Tuna, and I believe Frampton played with Hot Tuna before he went solo. And somebody said Humble Pie, too. Oh, maybe it was Humble Pie. I thought it was Hot Tuna. And also, I think somebody said that band Camel of I Can See Your House From Here fame. So, And did you know this? Did you know that Peter Frampton was in a band at the age of 10? I was just looking at his Wikipedia entry here. Seriously, by the time he was 10, he was playing professionally in a local band and had a huge following in San Francisco, which is why he was able to pack out that place. All right. Thank you, my friend. That was DJ. Jeez. All right. Uh, okay. Here's the thing. Um, thank you, DJ. Uh, I have to. We have to move on, though, because i got to talk about this Corey Feldman thing. Um, and I don't know what I actually have to, to do the thing here, but we have to at least mention it. So... We're going to be giving away, uh, not this week, I think maybe next week, we're going to be giving away copies of The Lost Boys 2 uh, on DVD. And Lost Boys 2 features the other frog brother, the guy who's not Corey Feldman. Um, your life may depend on it. The other frog brother guy. But then Corey Feldman, of course, makes a guest appearance in Lost Boys 2, which we'll be giving away. But here's the thing. In aid of that, he's going to cut some liners for us. Awesome. So the thing is, what do we want Corey Feldman to say? Oh. I mean, we're gonna, he's going to, you know, we'll have him cut some like... It was Corey Feldman. the dark-haired one, right? Are you just trying to pick a fight? <laughs> he is, though, right? I don't want to have this discussion again. He's the blonde one, and he Corey not... Haim has dark hair. Corey Feldman is the dark-haired one. In Stand By Me, which is where I always remember him, Corey Feldman has blonde hair, dirty blonde hair. But, but in The Lost Boys, he has dark hair. In The Goonies, he has dark hair. I don't believe that's his natural hair color, though. I think naturally he is blonde, but he dyes it black or dark oh brown. Oh, my God. I was just watching him in a Friday the 13th documentary the other day because he's in part four. I um, have never seen him blonde. Uh, I know we've he's blonde in Stand By Me. I'm looking at, okay, so I just uh, uh, Google imaged Corey Feldman. One, two, three, the top ten pictures, all brown hair. Top not 15 real. 15 pictures. It's not 20 real, pictures. That's my point. Okay, but have you ever seen Corey Haim with blonde hair? Yeah. When? When has Corey Haim had blonde hair? I can't believe we're doing this again. Didn't we come to some sort of rapprochement Corey on Corey Haim always has blonde hair. We have to move forward. Corey Feldman is the one from Stand By Me, and so he's going to be voicing some things for us, Sarah X. Dillon. Okay, you, uh, you have to get him to say something from, like, the Goonies, like, from, like, uh, right here, right here, it's our time. Like, something about the our time. Do you feel time. bad asking him to do that? Well, I mean, no. screw that. I mean, it's an I easy don't, job. I don't think he has, like, all a of life. his mental capacity <laughs> together anymore. So I don't really think it will really occur to him that it's... Like degrading in any way? This is absolutely fine. Uh, so I guess he's going to do some, like, call now. You know, he'll do some call now to win. And this is Corey Feldman, you know, the B-caller, whatever, to win. Copy of Lost Boys 2. But we can make him, you know, we can order him to dance for us. We can make him do some, like, you're listening to the Rick Emerson show or blah, 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 blah. So, uh, so we need to figure out oh, stuff. I was telling that, like, see this? This is my dream. My dream. We have to have him do that, even though that wasn't his line. I what are the other? Say. I'm trying to think of the other quintessential Corey Feldman catchphrases. Uh, let's see. What else is he really famous for having said? I'm going to have him say, call... Do you stand by me? I, I think from the Lost Boys, I'm going to have him do the, uh, listen to the Rick Emerson show. Your life may depend on it. 
Um, which is when he gives the what the uh, kill all vampires book or whatever to Corey Haim. Oh. Um, let's see. What else? What else could we? What else could we make Corey Corey Feldman say that would be interesting? I mean, it doesn't so have you to, get to talk to him, or do you, are you just? I think them? he's going to do it via ISDN. I don't think we get to speak with him. I think he's going to record it and then they'll send it to us. I mean, it doesn't have to be stuff from a movie, uh, but we could make Corey Feldman say whatever we want. This really seems like some sort of a party game. Make Corey Feldman say whatever you want. Hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up, sir? Well, uh, I have a suggestion for Sarah. Yes, sir. Uh, a Rebel 250. It's a Honda. Is this a motorcycle? Yes, it is. All right. I've been looking at Hondas, actually. I have a couple friends who just got Hondas. Yeah, you know, for your first bike, that little Rebel 250, it, it kind of looks like a Harley, but it's a single-piston motor. It's a, it's a really nice bike. Awesome. So 250. Not a, um, How much can one expect to pay for that, sir? Well, I don't know. You can pick them used up pretty cheap, six hundred bucks. Broken for a dollar. Uh, six hundred dollars is not bad. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There you go. It pays for itself in gas, sir. Totally. Yeah. You really don't want a crotch rocket. So. I do not. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye. The, the jackrabbit, though, that's what you want. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. How's it going? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, Sarah on a motorcycle. That's pretty hot as balls. Yes. Um, actually, the Winterland. I have a DVD that my mom was in because she used to go down there all the time mm-hmm. from that area. And according to her, the Winterland is just like the Roseland. We it, went to go see a concert one at the In Roseland terms of like rest. layout or capacity? It, or it, She said it's almost bloody identical. Yeah, the Winterland like is... One a... time I took her to a concert down there and she walked in. She's like, wow, this is like the end of the 70s. What the hell are you talking about? She's like, oh, the Winterland was just like this. I used to see the dead all the time here. And I think the Winterland was one of those places that Bill Graham worked with, uh, you know, yeah. like the Fillmore yeah. and everything. And you'll see, like, there there was for a long time, I think they're gone, now. there was a Winterland... Winterland Incorporated. For years, parties there and stuff all the time. And I, I think... remember my mom being stoned telling me about it. That's so great. See, why do you have the cool mom? And I have the mom who just sat at home and ate head cheese. Well, she's dead now, so who's cool now? <laughs> Touche, sir. All right. Best call good... of the day. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. I can't really argue People with that. insane today. Uh, one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. How, how are you guys doing today? I'm Dandy. What's up? So Corey Feldman in Stand By Me said sick balls chopper. That and, should totally and have the, him it. And in the Goonies, he was the one that told the fat kid to do the truffle shuffle. <gasps> You're genius. All right, no, I'm all over that. Running it down now. Thank you, my friend. Best show ever. Thank you. He has to tell. But you have to have Corey Feldman tell you to do the truffle shuffle or Richie to do the truffle shuffle. Richie, I think Richie is Richie. the chunk of the Rick Emerson show. We all know that that's true. You come on, you know it's true. Muppet love Richie. <laughs> All right. Hello, Tim. Howdy. Are you preparing news for us? I am. I found a picture of that bike I was telling you about, and I gave it to you from Amsterdam. Richie's demanding to be the Asian kid from the from the Goonies instead. He, You're my best invention. What? Oh, I, this is the bicycle. Yeah. Uh, is it, this is the Amsterdam? Okay, so this is the this is that uh, black cruising bicycle you were talking about. Is it an Electra? Uh, it is, uh, it is an Electra. Yes, it is. Oh, so this is what you have, right? Yeah, I have, yeah, I have an Electra Deluxe, uh, three-speed cruiser. Yeah, a common bike, something like that. Is it, but see, when you find it, pretty pricey, it, but mine's lasted for, I, I've had mine for like seven, no, six years now. It's How awesome. much did you pay for yours, if I can ask? Um, I actually got it, um, I have two friends, two lesbian friends, and they had a horrible breakup, and so they had bought each other bikes, and so my friend's just like, I don't even want to look at this bike anymore. I think she got it for $400, but down. she sold it to me for 100 Excellent. There you go. Brand new. It's always good when you know a couple that busts up, and then you get this sort of fallout, you know, like, maybe to pick up the I stuff they don't want anymore. I about it still sometimes. It's like seeing a set of wedding rings in a pong shop. Oh. Um, let's see. So, uh... 
And it's just like, you know, with bikes, I always get so out of my league because they talk about, they use the names and, and brands that I don't, like, you know, Shimano Nexus, three-speed internal. No idea what that means. Here, here's here's a bike with problems for $15. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to ride this? I feel safe. Here's a bike that's lethal. All right. Uh, well, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Tim Riley around the corner from the Ministry of Truth later on. Uh, I don't know why that just happened. I don't know why either, but there's no bump there. Yeah, everything's stopping or starting. Why is everything so crazy today? I don't know. But I like it. Institutionalized. Uh, all right, so. You know, there's a news tease in instead of a bump. So there's a news tease and an out, but no music. Oh, wait, so that must be me. So I, I must have replaced. Because remember, I took the news teases yeah. out for a while because they said solid state radio. So when I put it back in, I must have overwritten the bump. That's my fault. Um, will you send me an email about that to my CBS account? I'll fix that later. That's my fault. I, I screwed up the clock. All right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, later on, uh, top five ugliest rock stars of all time and uh, so forth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Go nowhere. Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Thank you for coming along. This, ladies and gentlemen, is your personal savior. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Don't be surprised if there are power failures. Due to the heat, this is the second hot day in a row. And usually... They have them in the suburbs, especially if you live around uh, Tannisporn, between uh, Tannisporn and Arenco, 185th over on the west side. Well, apparently you have one right now, which means all the things in my refrigerator are <laughs> spoiling as we speak. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just because everybody just decides to run their their air conditioner well, at the same time. They, they set them before they go to work. Right. Because you, you have like four different settings. Right. When you come home, when you leave. So everybody wants a nice cool house when they come home. Right. As... I did. I set mine. I, when I came home, all the power was off yesterday. I had actually toyed with it this morning, and I didn't because I, re- I my whole thing is max. And so I just made, you know, the, the thing is our house, there's a lot of shaded areas inside the house where it doesn't get very warm, so he'll be fine. But I had actually toyed with it. I'm like, should I? And then I thought, I can't leave the air conditioner running for the dog because then it's like you're Tammy Baker. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's that, that. Then you're like the PTL club running, having an air-conditioned doghouse. I, I do that only because the dogs are kept on the third floor, and that's the hottest. Yeah, so Max is right on the ground floor, so he'll be uh, he'll be fine. So anyway, uh, yeah, expect some power outages in the usual place. So all of your things are going to be fetid and rotting by the time this you get home. This is why I'm glad that I don't buy food and keep it at home. My refrigerator is totally empty. Oh, sad. These rich it's crackers not, are going to be fine. I actually find it very fulfilling because I'm like, you know what? When I go on my way home, I'm like, what do I feel like eating today? I feel like it's a waste to keep a lot of food around the house. Literally, I look like a bachelor. I have like a, a beer. Like the milk, <laughs> bags of carrots. You should take a picture of the inside of your fridge and post it. That would be funny. People would like that. A no, glimpse into the life of No, seen. because then people will just think I live a sad little life. You just described it. <laughs> I know. I don't know if you listen you to yourself a, sometimes. A joyous life. <laughs> I mean. I do. I mean, I don't I don't like to eat the same thing all the time, and I don't buy things in bulk, and I get tired of eating. You know, so I'd rather just buy things when I want them. Is it just like one plastic pickle floating in a jar? Like just, I, have, I have a jar of relish. I have one hot dog, I think. Then the, Yeah. Excellent. Okay, then. Okay, I'll take a picture. Here's Tim Riley. That sounds wonderful. 
The Multnomah County Sheriff's Department made the largest undercover drug bust in recent history. They found more than two pounds of cocaine and methamphetamine at Northeast 116th and Prescott. Downtown Portland office employees are being warned about a thief posing as a maintenance man. It's happening at the 1000 Broadway building. A man has been caught on camera stealing laptops from offices in the past. The 1000 Broadway building is the home of the Regal Broadway Movie Theater. It has 24 floors of law firms, staffing agencies, and other offices. Employees in some offices received an email from the Downtown Security Network. Describes a man claimed to be doing building maintenance. He's been walking away with several laptops in downtown buildings over the past few weeks. Uh, so if you worked on it, he's about uh, 5'8", 250 pounds in his late 20s, early 30s. He is a uh, black man. And he was last spotted at the Fox Tower building yesterday. Somebody stealing donuts. Police are looking for burglars who broke into two businesses Sunday and made off with a valuable guitar and a safe, too. The thieves broke in to Don's Donut Shop in Woodland, Washington, and hit a nearby bar and got away with a guitar worth several thousand dollars. The steel doors to the Riverside Inn foiled most ordinary burglars, but this one got in anyway through a back building. Uh, so apparently they didn't take any donuts, which is a good thing. But the guitar, a Gibson guitar, is worth $5,000. You know what I think about sometimes? Have you seen uh, in the Sharper Image or the Sky? I think it's the Sky Mall catalog. They sell that home donut maker. You know, the donut maker. Here's the thing about about it's like a little thing like you can put in your kitchen where it just like makes donuts and just like sends them down an assembly line to a thing. The donut maker is pretty fascinating when you watch it and you realize that that thing has been around for like a hundred years. I mean, that must have been insanely difficult to invent. I couldn't, I mean, it's 2008. We have the benefit of endless hindsight. I couldn't invent a donut maker. I'd have no idea how to do that. If you have plenty of time on your hands. I suppose. It's just, I mean, it really does. It's it's like when you, you know, it, when you uh, see, like, uh, you know, investigations of nuclear physics in 1938. You know, when they, when they didn't even, I think they were still doing everything on an abacus, and they were able to do that. And even I now, with vast computing ability, wouldn't be able to. I don't have the brain that it takes to make a donut machine, even in 2008. But they, you can buy one, though, in the SkyMall catalog. Um and you can set it there in your kitchen. And it just seems great, but like an accident waiting to happen. Because it's just a thing filled with, like, hot grease and a thing that, like, spurts out uh, donut dough. I mean, it really is. It's like, you, and then you turn it on, and then I think the donuts go down a little conveyor belt into a thing of hot grease, which just seems like a splashing hazard. I mean, it, it's almost certainly going to get pulled onto the floor at some point and cause third-degree burns to your feet. Oh, speak of the Sky Mall catalog, you don't have to be flying to Rewind anymore. Now they have the Travel Mall catalog on Amtrak. It's the same thing, just a different cover. I'm branching it out. Yeah. You know, I get the Sky Mall. Somebody subscribed to me. I don't know who it was. Some listener probably subscribed to me here at work to the Sky Mall catalog. So I get the Sky Mall catalog once a month delivered right to my desk. I'm so much looking forward to reading Sky Mall when I oh, travel in a month. Sky Mall is the best thing ever. You really, everybody in America owes it to themselves at least once to purchase something out of the Sky Mall catalog. Seamus gave me the best gift ever. Remember when he purchased me the hot diggity dogger from there? Yes. I use it all the time. That's it no. Is the but you only have one hot dog. I, I know. Well, because my Hebrew, she's, she's used oh, them all. My Hebrew nationals that I buy, there's an odd amount of hot dogs, which is kind of weird. Well, there's always an odd amount of hot dogs. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Is well, that true? Well, because I have two. Isn't that the thing that they always sell hot dogs and buns in different amounts? That's like the old. That's the old thing, right? Is like you. How many? Because they never sell hot dogs and hot dog buns in the same amounts in the package, packages. It's, it's just, always it's usually different. nine hot dogs and ten buns. Yeah, it's like. just yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. So you're always left over with either a bun or a hot dog. Well, and I like to eat two hot dogs at a time. So like. You are classy. <laughs>
Man, I sound really sad. No, um, it's fine. Okay. I'm sad, too, and I'm much older than you. Okay, well, but then it's, like, lonely, and then there's, like, the one hot dog left in the package because I'm kind of like, oh, do I want, am I in the mood for a single hot dog? I don't really want so Then it just sits there, and then it gets old, and I throw it away. Here's my thing. You know what this is like with me? This is like how they sell Kraft macaroni and cheese in packages of five. Uh, if you go to Safeway, you buy the Kraft box macaroni and cheese. comes in packages of five. Not four, not six, five. And, like you, I eat two at a sitting. So if I have if I'm gonna go all out and eat Kraft macaroni, I don't eat one box. I eat two boxes. So I one, you know, two, and then there's one left over. Uh huh. So then I'm obliged to either just have the one sad box of Kraft macaroni sitting around, or I have to buy two packages, which is ten altogether. And then I'm a 35 year old man buying ten boxes of Kraft macaroni. It's just sad. All right, here's Tim Riley. Oh. Well, I have something to make you a little bit happier. What is it, Tim? The brand new CBS magazine. Jason <gasps> gave me a copy. Who's on the cover? Citizen Craig. Craig Ferguson, I bet. Yes, it is. Have you ever watched the Craig Ferguson show? It's on too late. All right. then. Money well spent, then. All right. Well, and I heard from Chris Paddock they're shortchanging us on recipes in CBS Magazine. Now, there used is that to be true? a lot more. There's only two recipes in there. And then nothing on, I would eat. On the other side, uh, Venus and Serena Williams. It's like two magazines in one. Let's see. So One's upside down. The other's right side up. One's wait, this doesn't make any sense. All right. The... Uh, Craig Ferguson, I don't really watch his show, but he seems like a likable person. He, uh, I suppose so. He seems like a nice enough guy. Uh, and uh, Get six issues of CBS Magazine, just seven ninety nine. You know, I, I'm looking at this uh, right here. Uh, this, uh, let's see, The Ghost Whisperer uh, with Jennifer LeFewitt. Can I just tell you, this doesn't even look like her. I mean, I'm looking at this picture of Jennifer LeFewitt, and I mean... First of all, I've never found her as hot as everybody else does. I don't. I mean, and she's certainly attractive, but I've never really gotten, I've never really gotten the whole fetish for Jennifer Love Hewitt that, that that seemed to exist at a certain point. It's her boobs. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, they're not that impressive. No. I mean, they're you know. Well, there's good, better, and best. I mean, <laughs> she's better. That's exactly that's exactly what it is, Tim. There are celebrity female. Let's talk about female celebrities for a second. Well, she has a little humility. Good, better, and best. So, in terms of female celebrities. Good, better, and best. So if, let's say for a moment that Scarlett Johansson is best, Jennifer Love Hewitt is better, who would you say is good? Good boobs? Yeah. I mean, in terms of good, better, and best. If you say Jennifer Love Hewitt's better, Scarlett Johansson is best, who's good? Maybe this is ill-advised. I can't think of anybody. Kate Jackson? <laughs> Kate Moss? <laughs> nah. Anyway, uh, so there's this picture of Jennifer Love Hewitt. She just looks photoshopped like all the hell. What is she even doing? Why is she in a magazine? She's on The Ghost Whisperer, which I've never oh. seen. Is that even on CBS? Well, it must it be must on CBS. Be. All right. Anyhow. Well, there you go. Here's And then she's she's being interviewed complaining about the fact that people put up fake pictures of her with her uh, cans hanging out. Oh, you know, if you would just nude up in a magazine, people would stop doing that. You want That's how you stop guys from making fake nudes of you. Just get undressed for once. I just liked her ever since I heard her interview of her um, when she was on Party of Five, and she was talking about how she's so inspiring to people and how people have changed their names to her character because her acting is just so inspirational. Oh, that's just and asking that's when to be I wrote punched. I'm like, yeah. Seriously. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, these pleasant exchanges are brought to you by Life's Auto Collision Centers. Why don't you go to com and find out what Leif's can do for you. Leif's Auto Collision Centers, finest in collision repair. A woman's accused of stabbing a roommate with scissors during an argument. Under arrest is Elena Shively Stillwell. She's charged with three counts of assault, one kind of an unlawful use of a weapon. Police responded to a report of a stabbing that occurred earlier in the evening in a pleasant neighborhood in Corvallis. 
They believe Shively Stillwell. Shively Stillwell. It's one of those hyphenated names. That is so great. Miss Shively Stillwell and her roommate were arguing about a phone message that Shively, uh, Shively Stillwell left for the victim's mother. Shively Stillwell. As the roommate turned to walk away, police believe Shively Stillwell stabbed her multiple times with scissors. Shively Stillwell sounds like the mild-mannered file clerk who really is the escapist at night. Change the ducks, ducks into a subway, uh, you know, or a phone booth or something, and changes it. I am the illusionist. Zzz. Shively Stillwell. And it would be mild-mannered Shively Stillwell. Another day at the Daily Herald. All right. Oh, Bob, there was a stabbing right near my house the other day. <laughs> they don't yeah, even bother yeah. to write about them anymore. No, it wasn't in the news. That's the thing. is that The only reason I even know about it is because uh, Lara was, uh, she was on a bike ride, and she came by, and the cops were there. And, you know, and they were just sort of finishing up. And she kind of stopped and she goes, hey, what, hey, boyo, what's up? What's, what, what the, what's with the news? And they said, uh, st and the cops, of course, had no, no problem talking about it. They're feeling, uh, stabbing. And it was at, you know where it was? It was at, um, it was right next to the swingers club at that bank. Uh, and there's like the deposit tree or whatever, the thing where you deposit. And I guess some guy, foolishly, here's a big envelope of cash in, in Southeast Portland. I'll, in broad daylight, I'll be holding it. And then in broader daylight, a guy came up and stabbed him, took the money, and then shivved him right there. Jeez. So, and you're right, it didn't even make the news. It no. wasn't even reported. No. All right. Shively Stillwell. Doesn't Shively sound like the guy? Shively would be sort of the comedic stabber in a prison film, like, but in like a kooky prison film. Who, who, who shivved you, Shively? The kooky stabber? Yeah. Like if you were the in some sort stabber. of, like a comedic jail film, that's the guy that would shank you, is a guy named Shively Stillwell. Or Stanpore. Here's Tim Riley. Well, it looks like there's controversy surrounding Miss Washington after uh, the celebrity website, the TMZ, posted racy photos of her. Sweet. I have to go there right now. Flipping off the camera while wearing her crown, playing beer pong, <laughs> posing in her bra, and making suggestions. Posing in her bra? Posing. Oh. Uh, posing. Posing in her she was, uh, her name is Elise Yumamoto. She's flipping off the camera while wearing her crown, playing beer pong, posing in her bra, and making suggested gang signs, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of Miss Washington is that? She's from Tacoma. Oh, well, there you go. That explains but it. But this is her last week on the job. There's going to be a new Miss uh, Washington crown this week at the uh, weekend pageant. So she's going out, you know, like she's in style. going out in style. Mm. Uh, wait, here we go. Uh, beer pong. You know, it's funny, I have a story about that right here. Tim, do you want to read about it? I do. Here's a story about beer pong. Oh, you could read to me. Could I? Yeah, well, well, I need... I'll, I'll the Connecticut Attorney General Richard Blumenthal has attacked a new game heading to the Nintendo Wii called Crap Party Games Beer Pong. He made it clear that he's not happy with the rating of the game suitable for children as young as 13. The gang had, uh, the gang, the game has received a T rating. It was developed by Las Vegas-based JB Games. It is said to be released in a downloadable game on the WiiWare store of the Nintendo Wii. You can tell I know nothing of what I'm talking about. <laughs> Even with all this controversy, JB Games pulled the alcoholic content a month ago. And now it's called Pong Toss. Oh, that's stupid. It's now rated E for everyone. Whatever. You know, if they had that Tapper game in the arcades when I was a kid, which was all about beer. So apparently this pong toss involves nothing more than players tossing virtual ping-pong balls into plastic cups, which hardly qualifies it for the more restrictive rating of AO. It's just a, it's a virtual version of what they do in Vegas. If you go to Vegas, there's those beer pong places everywhere you go, which you should stay away from because they are just... You want to talk about that's a place... That's where you'll meet Miss Washington, apparently. That's where you'll meet Miss Washington and the endless stupid frat guys who would hang out with her. You have never seen more frat guys in one place than the Vegas beer pong. Uh, thing and the only reason here's how lame I am. Uh, the only reason I had to go to a beer pong place the last time I was in Vegas 
is because for some reason we were up really late, and I think I'd taken a nap, and I always crave ice cream after a nap for some reason. If I na- And I'm not a big ice cream fan, but if I nap during the day, I wake up, I want ice cream, always. And so we're in Vegas, and I take a nap. I'm like, F it, I'm in Vegas, I'm getting ice cream. And the, ice, the only ice cream place we could find, it was like the weirdest store. It was like one of those, like, where they just sell cheese whiz and, like, ironing boards. It was a store where all they sold, they had ice cream and then beer pong. And that was it. And so I had to walk through a whole big open sort of like concrete room drinking establishment where it was like dozens of beer pong tables. I had to walk through that to get to the ice cream. And, man, it's the worst smell. I have never smelled anything that bad in my life because it's a big concrete room because they have to hose the floor off, I guess, once a day or something. I would guess probably 300 frat dudes, all of them drunk, all of them sweating, I think one of them vomiting, playing beer pong, and, of course, the beer spills everywhere. And can I tell you, the smell of stale beer is one of the worst things ever created by man. Uh, The smell of stale beer, that gets in your nose and it never leaves. Ever. You are so right. Ever. So, yeah, it was just bad. Oh, I'm looking at these photos of Miss Washington. Yeah, she looks trampy. You know, equally trampy is this friend that's posing with her there. All right, you know what they are? They're classy. You know, ever since Lycus started doing that, now I can't stop. They're classy broads. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Procedures at an Iowa hospital are under review following the death of a patient who was trapped in the hospital elevator for three hours. This happened at the Mary Greeley Medical Center in Des Moines. They say 34-year-old Pamela Sims died after being brought to intensive care from the emergency room. They say Sims' condition was stabilized in the ACU, but she died a short time later. Uh, The cause of her death is unclear, and it's... Equally unclear whether or not being stuck in an elevator early in the morning contributed to her death. Sims and several attendants became uh, stranded between the floors at 3 a.m. when the elevator's uh, control board malfunctioned. The 34-year-old was in stable condition when she reached the ICU about 6 a.m. Uh, she had access to medical help, equipment, and supplies in the elevator. But the problem is uh, she weighs 500 pounds. <laughs> Actually, more than 500 well, here's pounds. Here's your problem right here. The estimated load for the elevator when it got stuck was well below its 4,000-pound limit. The Iowa Division Labor Services is uh, investigating this elevator. By the way, I'm looking at these photos of Elise Yumamoto, who's Miss Washington. First One of all, two things. A, I mean, she's all right, but this um, this kind of trampy-looking friend of hers that's in all the photos, I'm intrigued by her. Um, so uh, I wish there were more photos of her. Uh, also, here's... Here's a photograph Sarah will never be uh, – this is something Sarah will never be photographed doing. Um, What's she doing? I, it, it's, I was just going to – you know, speaking of just – I don't even want to – here's the thing. I was, I'm looking at these photographs of this Miss Washington Are girl. they on TMZ? There, no, you go to TMZ. It's about, about a third of the way down the page. Okay. And uh, there's like her flipping off the camera with this hot friend of hers. There's her looking like she's about to kiss a girl who looks like Tara Reid. There's her playing beer pong. I'm just going through these one by one. Her curling the hair of like some chunky girl in a tiara. Um, curling someone else's hair? It's it, doesn't that isn't that what this? It, doesn't it look like she's curling at that chunky girl's hair? Oh, I guess so. Yeah. How do you go to the next picture? Uh, you just uh, it, it, if you wait, it should load the thumbnails. Click okay. on click on the photo, and then it should load the thumbnails off to the right. Okay, and which uh, one? There's photo number four where she's ironing the chunky girl's hair. Okay. Uh, chunky girl. Which one you were saying? Where I think where she's making saying? a peace sign but holding it near her mouth. You know Is what I'm talking about? Photo six. Uh, photo uh eight and photo ten. Oh yeah. I, I mean, know. really, 
No. Why would you ever be photographed doing that? You know what it is? Again, In both of them? To go back to, to, go back to the likest thing again, that's, uh, that's how we know you're not classy. I mean, in any way. Jesus. I mean, I'm all for... These photos are so unbelievably skanky looking. I mean, there's just no... Wow. All right. Well, in any event, if you want to amuse yourself, uh, oh, we're talking tomorrow to that to, to what's her name from TMZ, Nina Parker from TMZ. Uh, we'll ask her about this tomorrow. Anyway, so there you go. There's uh, and so forth. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Family, friends, and dignitary fill the Hayes Barton Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yesterday, it was a funeral for Jesse Helms. Mm. Uh, Helms' grandson, Mike, said his grandfather liked to cook a big breakfast on Christmas Day. After I consumed a full plate of eggs, bacon, toast, grits, donuts, granddad would insist on my eating more. He'd hold up the plate and say, you're going to hurt this last piece of bacon's feelings if you don't eat it. I guess it's Barry. We don't have to listen to him. I was just going to say, is that the end of the Jesse Helms news? Uh, pretty much, yeah. If you listen closely, you can hear him screaming. Mm-hmm. Maybe his bones will be sold. Iran test-fired nine medium-range and long-range missiles this morning and could potentially reach Israel and other major cities, including Cairo and Karachi. Democratic presidential hopeful Barack Obama tells the Today Show that uh, diplomatic policy needs to be employed in order to quell rising uh, temperatures in the earth. It has to combine much tougher uh, threats of economic sanctions with direct diplomacy, opening up channels of communication so that we avoid provocation, but we give strong incentives for the Iranians to change their behavior. Can I say this too long? I mean, really, and uh, I really do see what people mean sometimes, though, when they say that Barack Obama talks and then nothing comes out. Because I don't even. Can you play that one more time? So this is his response to, I would say, to be fair, uh, a very real problem of Iran. I mean, which is really a country filled with nuts. Uh, After I consumed a full plate of eggs, bacon, toast, grits, <laughs> donuts. That's not Barack Obama. <laughs> it has to combine much tougher uh, threats of economic sanctions with direct diplomacy, opening up channels of communication so that we avoid provocation, but we give strong incentives for the Iranians to change their behavior. That doesn't mean anything. It sounds like three speeches spliced together. It does. And you know what it sounds like? It sounds like one of those, we are going to synergize our corporate potential so we can maximize our networking and really move forward. Forward in a progressive fashion to assume the full plate of eggs, bacon, <laughs> toast, grits, donuts. Grits. And I would insist on my eating more. Isn't grits like a cereal? There's and a whole bunch of southern food, and I don't know what it is. It's like southern mush. Southern style mush. <laughs> like hush puppies. Mm-hmm. Like uh, let's see. Rick, what are the culinary treats that CBS instructs us to make in this issue of Watch Magazine? We as listeners demand to know. Is it Katie Couric's overpriced failure cake? (laughs) Uh, Is it perhaps a series of money-making CSI cocktails, all containing exactly the same ingredients with different garnishes? One David Caruso, one uh, Gary Sinise. I like your moxie, sir. All right, here's Tim Riley. Police have taken a man into custody after climbing up the side of the New York Times building. The climber was scaling the 8th Avenue side of the building around 1.30 this morning. He's 29-year-old David Malone. He was taken by ambulance to a hospital for mental evaluation. Oh, by the way, apparently the stabbing in Southeast is from Kristen Bowie. She says, it was a woman who was stabbed, and it was reported last night in the middle of a whole segment about stabbings. At Southeast Portland, right there. There's another stabbing. Represent. Uh, this worker caught a glimpse of the uh, climber. It seemed like climber. he was very relaxed and calm. Uh, he had a jug of water. He was talking on his cell phone. He was leaning over the railings. Who? What? What story is this? Uh, the New York Times building climber. Oh, yeah. 
the climate side. Yeah, uh, the man who delivers the newspaper said the New York Times has made some changes since the last two climbers got up there. You know, somebody said they brought it upon themselves. It's just like, you know, why do people climb mountains? Because they're there. Why do people climb ladders? Because they're there. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, life's rich pageant. <laughs> Police got the call around 1.30 a.m. that a man was attempting to scale the New York Times. He needs to go blow her nose. Uh, can you play that last clip again, though? That's wonderful. You know, somebody said they brought it upon themselves. It's just like, you know, why do people climb mountains? Because they're there. Why do people climb ladders? Because they're there. <laughs> the thing is, you really can't argue with that, though. I mean, there's really no... I wouldn't climb a ladder because somebody left it there. I, uh, but I mean, that? but I mean that guy though. If the ladder wasn't there, he wouldn't have climbed it. He saw the ladder, decided it needed to be climbed. That is that is a statement that is fundamentally unimpeachable. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, it's not TMZ tomorrow. That's Tuesdays. Uh, tomorrow is Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Even better. Yes. Oh, t- tomorrow Dorothy and Joey Chestnut uh, and the kids of Whitney High. When is Joey Chestnut coming? Eleven o'clock hour. Okay. I guess he's got somewhere to be at noon. So all right. Here's Tim Riley. Too many fatty foods are dangerous not only to men's waistlines, but to their sperm production. In a research article from the European Society of Human Reproduction, scientists have found that obese men have worse sperm than normal weight men. There is a very long list of health hazards to being overweight. Now we can add poor semen quality to the list. If you're a man who isn't fantastically fertile with a normal partner who is fertile, your fertility will compensate. If both partners are heavy, there could be a problem since obesity is known to decrease women's fertility. A fat man had a 60% higher chance of having a low volume, according to the research. He also said that there's a 40% higher research of having some sperm abnormalities. Abnormalities. That's a place where you don't want to have any abnormalities, probably, is in that area of your body. Well, okay. I had some joke I was going to make. It's gone now. A fireman in Florida asked a child to talk dirty to me. Wait. Oh, wow. I was. Oh, that's not fair. I was thrown off by the story. Upon now my computer's not playing again. I'm. I'm pressing the button. Florida sounder playing right now. Now I'm playing the popcorn sounder. Nothing's happening. That is too bad. Now I'm playing the news on the March sounder. My. I have. Seen me. I haven't touched anything. I have not touched my computer. Nothing is. I haven't altered anything. And there now it plays. Oh, for the love of God. All right, well, in any event, I'm sorry, Tim. What happened in Florida? A firefighter faces legal problems after a law enforcement agency charged him with text messaging a 13-year-old girl and asked her to talk dirty. Uh, this happened after Gary Stevens was charged by detectives for using uh, computer pornography, lewd and lascivious conduct, promoting a sexual uh, performance by a child. Uh, according to the text messages, one read, Are you alone? Wow. Can I ask a, without you calling the cops? Can I ask a what? There was a question. Oh, can I ask you a question without you calling the cops? That's when you call the cops, by the way. Do you like to talk dirty to guys? He's being held on $200,000 bail. He's been arrested on charges of soliciting sexual uh, conduct to a child. Uh, The detective said the fire department veteran made contact with uh, his daughter's 14-year-old friend and wrote her a sexually charged message. Police said the case was uncovered when uh, the man sent the girl, then on vacation in Connecticut, a box full of cigarettes and a sex toy. Some uh, wayward ticks delayed a United Airlines flight from Denver to Des Moines. The flight was delayed for six hours after a passenger informed a flight attendant she found a tick in her seat. 
The airline decided it couldn't fly the plane until it cleaned out all the ticks, so the passengers had to wait till another plane arrived. Uh, and then another one still appeared. Uh, let's see, the plane with ticks had begun to stay in Chicago. It was cleaned, checked, and put back into service. No ticks have been found on passengers so far. Ticks can pass along a number of illnesses to humans, including Lyme disease. Don't let it happen to you. Lyme disease happened to that nutty girl on the real world that one time. Uh, Ruth? I remember that. Is that, that Ruthie? No, no, no. That was... Uh... Who was it that got Lyme disease that in the real world? Then she went was mental. Eileen? Didn't they kick Eileen? her out of the house? Yeah. They kicked and her out of the house. And threw her, remember her... Um, her teddy bear or something into the, into the Puget, Puget Sound? Sound? Boy, we're lame. Yeah, I do remember that, actually. That was actually a really good season. And then uh, the guy was having the affair with one of the directors of the real world, and she got fired. Was that the season where they got the job at the radio station in Seattle? Yeah, where they worked at the end. Boy, Tim, did you ever watch the real world in MTV? No, not since... The 80s? Yeah, this uh, you probably missed the season that would have infuriated you the most. And that was, what, 97, 98? I, yeah, I think would, 97. Would you have been watching The Real World in the late 90s? I might have been. Because if you would remember this, because it's when I was unemployed, by the way. I, I was between radio jobs. I, a radio professional with years of experience and an impressive resume and air checks, I couldn't get a job at the time. Oh, I know. Un- for like two years. <laughs> unemployed, sponging off my uh, then-girlfriend. Uh, just mailing out resumes that were never responded to, air checks that were probably just bulked and used for some weekend production. Meanwhile, I'm watching the goddamn real world, and it, just these idiots living in this gorgeous Puget Sound house are given, given jobs at the end in Seattle, <laughs> which is, uh, which... Uh, so they had their their own, like, nighttime show, and yeah, they... which was like a top five radio station in a top ten market, and they were just... And here's the episode that really pushed me over the edge when I had to quit watching... When they were all given a job at, again, a huge radio station in one of the biggest radio markets in the country, given the job, and one of them, like, didn't feel like showing up one day. It's like she had, like, a rough night. She'd been a drink, and I ah, just decided to sleep it off. So she just decided not to go to her air shift at this radio station in a top five, uh, you know, top five station at a top ten market. And at that point, and I was unemployed, and I'm sitting at home unemployed in my house, can't get a radio job, I'm just seething. I'm surprised you didn't break the TV. Oh, just incandescent with rage. I mean, my poor wife... She was living, you know, we we're living together, and she just, she heard me just, I just, I'm, that was it. I just never watched it again. If that, that was when I swore off the real world. I'm like, f this. I'm never watching the show I again. I think that was the last good season. Oh, honestly. seriously, yeah, that's, uh, you know. That was when it was still no, and then there was the Las Vegas one, and then that was it. Yeah, I, I think that was the last time I watched. Screw that. Here's Tim. Meanwhile, the court has ordered uh, fourteen thousand dollars to be paid to a woman who broke her ankle after her stiletto heel broke. A British woman who broke her ankle and needed surgery because her stiletto heel snapped off has received $14,400 in cash for the British court because of her pain and suffering. The Manchester court ordered that Dulce's store pay Sophie King, whose ankle still swells painfully three years after the operation. Was she a person of size? No, it doesn't say here. She told the court she was wearing the black strappy shoes for the first time on a night on the town with her friends when the heel snapped off, sending her sprawling onto the pavement. She was able to carry on, but collapsed later in the night and had to be hospitalized. Her lawyer said the court ruling was only needed to establish the size of the financial award. Sophie's okay. Sophie. She's young. She doesn't want this to hold her back. Sophie is a name that that has to belong to a larger woman. But her ability to ski and play tennis has been impaired. They urge other women to keep their sales receipts so they can make similar claims if their heels break off. This Stallone heel breaking has become commonplace. Of course, Sophie broke her ankle. Not all women do. Uh, so if you um, uh, if you would like to see Richie Bristol falling off a pair of heels, you could. This is a good segue. You can now do this. You go to 970.am, 
970.am. By the way, while you're there, get your tickets for The Dark Knight. Uh, the Dark yeah. Knight, the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight, hosted by AM 970. We're going to be at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard, uh, 1201 Friday, July 18th. So, you know, late Thursday night, Friday. Did I tell you that I'm going to see a press screening of that uh, no. next Tuesday? No, I think I must have oh, missed I didn't, that. I didn't thanks. know if I told you or not. No, thanks yeah. so much. No, I, I wasn't know. invited. No, I appreciate that. That's okay, Tim. I'm Don't worry about it. Rick Emerson doesn't get to wet his beak either. That's okay. Uh, I'll see it with the people, Sarah. That's how I roll. I'm um, used to being the forgotten one. <laughs> and I'll, see, I'll see it again with the people. Thank you. See it the second time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll be like the first time, except for it won't be because I've already seen yeah, it. You would have seen it. You'd be then. slumming it. Yeah. yeah. All right. People won't hate you much. If you go to uh, 970.am, scroll down to where it says The Dark Knight, you'll see the Why So Serious poster. Uh, join the Rick Emerson Show for the midnight screening of The Dark Knight. Click there to buy your tickets, and don't wait, by the way, because that will sell out. It will sell out. It will sell out. We'll be there. We'll be. Uh, we have Dark Knight uh, merchandise and swag and giveaways and prizes and whatever. Right below that, though, there's three different videos of Richie in drag yesterday. Uh, there's one Very of him incredible. in heels, one of him in that tight red latex vinyl thing, and the other one of him. Why does it say you're flashing somebody, Richie? Who are you? I don't want to know. I just watch it. So go there if you want to see Richie in drag, and I know you do. You just go to 970.am, scroll down to it. Start at the Rick Emerson show right below the uh, the Joker poster there. Here's uh, Tim Riley. We'll do one more hit. It's a break. nice little break for a boring day at work. It was, you, you know, know it was Richie in his. Uh, stepped on little red thing. Yesterday was really, uh, it was a it was a show all unto itself. Yesterday, <laughs> I mean, it it really is. This show is just such a. There's no business like show business. There's that promo running where I compare the show to like the Google, you know, I feel lucky button, and and I I really have to say again that it is just like, except it's just like, it's like the Google I feel lucky button, but not even for any particular search. It's like you hit it and one random page from the entire internet comes up. Yesterday, Richie and Drag. Tomorrow, Kids of Whitney High. What does the Google I'm feeling lucky button do? I don't know. Let's find out right now. Let's find out right now. Let's Google ourselves. (laughs) I'm going to Google Rick Emerson. All right. I'll Google Tim Riley. I feel lucky. I'm feeling lucky. I'm feeling lucky. Punk. Tim Riley. Okay, it just went right to your website. And it goes to Riley Live. Well, that must just just go to the top result then. It it might be. Yeah, that must be it. It it Well, let's Google something else. Um, Uh, Mine goes right to my website. Tim, give me a word. Bologna. Sarah, give me a word. Um, pepper. Bologna pepper. Okay, I'm I'm googling bologna pepper. I'm feeling lucky. Did you get the Riverview Gourmet? I went to usmenuguide.com. That's interesting. That's where I went to. It must just be the top result for that search term. That must be it. It must just be to go to whatever the, the algorithm says is the most is the most likely result. Google really is really, I mean, they, it's it's hard to imagine a time before Google. What did everybody use to search before Google? I know we've had this conversation before. The Book of Knowledge at the library? <laughs> <laughs> Encyclopedia Britannica. Take three buses and get there. Yeah. All right. Here's to, oh, wait, let's break. Jesus, it's 1245. Oh, I know it. Sounds. Uh, and whatnot. All right, we'll break. Uh, we'll come back after this. More from Tim Riley. Uh, later on, we'll do the top five ugliest rock stars. We'll talk to Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, Susan Reynolds' daughter will join us in the studio to educate us on teen slang, uh, and we'll come up with some crap for Corey Feldman to say for us. Say that it's the Rick Emerson Show. To the station and the it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970. Uh, coming up later on, top five ugliest rock stars. 
and uh, so forth. Oh, and we'll come up with stuff for Corey Feldman to say. What I, when? Oh, High Concept Wednesday. I wrote down High Concept Wednesday, but for the life of me, I can't remember what we were going to do. Oh, we were going to do the commercial jingle thing, but now we kind of can't because Lycus did it all day yesterday. Uh, we had sort of come up with this idea last week. I don't even remember why. I think because of that creditreport.com baby thing. No, and we were also like the white wheat um, sourdough English muffin. That's Gustav. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. And so uh, we were going to come back with that, weren't we? Yeah. Oh, that thing had like 10,000 hits so far. It has. You mean this? What kind of, you know, what, what are my choices for bread? And she said, white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. And clearly she had it hold down to like a whole David Mamet-esque like flow. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. 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 What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so for today's high concept, we were going to do call up and sing your favorite commercial jingle. And then by sheer coincidence, so I'm listening to Lycus yesterday. And yesterday's 4 o'clock hour was just call up and sing your favorite commercial jingle. So now we kind of can't do it. I have to come up with something else. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Flash Thursday? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I think we had Flash Tuesday yesterday with Richie, by the way, because apparently that third video uh, is a panty shot of Richie's G-string. So, you know... I haven't seen what? that. I haven't seen it either. That's he told me. That's what it was. The first video is him falling off his heels, you know, or whatever. The second video is him in that red fire engine looking outfit, and then apparently the third one is like some crotch shot. So I'm not going to watch that. But you know, I guess that's for his groupies. Yeah, I was going to say if that's your thing, you have at it. Here's Tim Riley. Another airline has found a way to cut their costs. U.S. Airways is dropping their in-flight movies beginning November 1st. It says it'll save them 10 million dollars a year. How is that possible? Well. This gets more ridiculous as it goes along. It says, part of the problem, which I believe, uh, passengers are no longer paying $5 for headsets, but that doesn't add up to $10 million. Then they say the studio fees have gone out, can't go up that much. But then the most incredible claim of all is the movie systems add 500 pounds to the plane's weight. That can't be. That's not Unless true. you're using some old RCA reel-to-reel videotape. That's just a lie. Thing. That's just a lie. It's one lie after another. <laughs> That's absolutely a lie. 500 pounds. Here's how you... <laughs> the Betamax from the 1950s. It's gas-powered. <laughs> Seriously, either it's tiny little you know televisions or like one giant screen. It's Which you know quality. they already have because that's where they put the safety video on beforehand. Where the guy comes on and goes... Hello, my name is Jeff Lipinski. I'm your co-pilot today. Please remember, blah, 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 seatbelts, blah, 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 blah. That's where they do the safety view uh, thing on most places. So that's just an out-and-out an out out falsehood. Yeah, 500 is, pounds. A movie system that adds 500 pounds to the plane's weight. <laughs> my where do you buy one that's that big? I was just going to say, you know, my television and my... Look, I have a Dolby 7.1 surround sound system at home and a pretty nice television. That it, uh, Altogether, that doesn't weigh 500 pounds. That's what they're claiming. Yeah, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what that is. 
U.S. Airways. And yeah. so, so this is what? So they're getting rid of the movies, or they're going to charge more? No, they're getting rid of them. We know why. Well, you know why that is. That's because they have a. They it's probably cost them ten million dollars. Ten million dollars. Because they <laughs> at least give us an untruth that's somewhat believable. If you're going to peddle some spin, some sort of fictitious yarn for us. Um, but you know why that is? I'll guarantee you that they have some deal cut with the airport uh, to rent those like DVD movie systems, uh-huh. which is fine with me. It's like, how many times do I need to see Rise of the Silver Surfer? The answer is, uh, 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 flying to London and back, uh, I saw, or avoided, Rise of the Silver Surfer five times. Twice there, uh, I think, and then ha- like halfway through it again, and then twice on the way back. Uh, b- balance that with Georgia rule. So... Uh, that's, but I'll guarantee you that's what it is. That the airline just wants to uh, chisel money out of you by by renting you the DVD thing. By the way, can if, I just tell you this? If you're at the Amtrak, you get to see the Sissy's Paycheck Made for TV movie. <laughs> what's the What's the rent the DVD thing? Uh, well, you know, those little kiosks at the airport. You can rent a little DVD player with movies, and then you just watch them on your headset, and then you dump them in the return slot at the next airport. Oh, you no, know what I'm I've talking about? No. Next time you go to PDX, uh, when are you flying? Uh, August 22nd. And where are you going? New York? New York City. Well, for so nine days. So you could do this. You go to the airport and they rent you uh, a DVD. It's like a little miniature laptop. And it's like, I don't know, it's not that much. It's like 20 bucks, maybe. Something like that. It can't be that much. I, maybe. It might not even be 20 bucks. But it's like they rent you that and a pair of headphones. And then you rent the movie. You watch it on the plane. And when you get to the, your airport destination, there's a return thing. Hmm. And you just return it there like a library book. But I will, I will tell you this, too, uh, and uh, this is uh, just me saying this because I have the product and I love it. I have the Creative Zen Vision M, uh, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's not unlike an iPod. Um, but you know what? i, I got to tell you, man, I take that thing with me when I fly. Uh, and I just the last time I flew, I watched that Frank Sinatra Rat Pack movie uh, on the way there. Uh, How and, does that work? Uh, I just put it on my player and I watch it right there. Watch it right there on the player in my hand. So I just, uh, that's why I love, I'm not, I, mean, I know that the uh, the iPods are very good at what they do. It's a, it's a fine product in many ways. Uh, the thing about that creative uh, Zen vision that I have is that you can uh, download a movie from the Internet, dump it right onto your player. You can rip a DVD right into that player, and then I just sit there and I watch it on the plane. Watched, uh, what else did I, I watch that, and I watched um, that documentary by Doug Prey, that documentary called Hype, which is all about the rise and fall of the grunge scene, which is really fantastic. Uh, the other great thing about, just my final little plug here, because it's a great product that I love. The other great thing about that Creative Zen Vision, again, you can uh, download a movie or whatever from the Internet right onto it, and then it just plugs into my TV, and I can watch it on the TV in my living room. No way. Without additional anything. No additional software, no additional cool. whatever. It's fantastic. It's You've seen it. Yeah. And, and I have the protective case on it, but it's actually, it's really small. It's small. It's Easy to use. It's beautiful. I it's wonder a, if there's a way I can hook my MacBook up to my computer or to my TV. Oh, yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah. Yeah, just a video yeah. out, I would imagine. Oh, that'd be so great because then I could put, watch episodes of 90210 on my TV. Yeah, I, I think you need uh, a little box. It costs a few bucks. Okay. Yeah, yeah I would. Mean, yeah, almost certainly you could hook your TV. And my TV's like an old ghetto one. Do you think it would work with it? I mean, it really... Well, depends on what the video input is. Does it have like. Uh, it has the three holes. The, the like the RCA. Oh, yeah. The, the, if there's, as long as there's a yellow jack. Yeah. Uh, you should be that's that that'll be that should be fine. You okay. should be able to. But you know what? Te- but go to the Mac store and tell them that. Yeah. So and, and and they'll ask you. It'll be like, does this have an, a smart video input? And just tell them, say, I have three RCA inputs. Mm-hmm. That's and then they'll they'll tell you what you need. Yeah, the Mac people should take care of that. I mean, it's. I have a hanger hanging from the back of uh, my TV. To, what is this like? I'm like the most. And one hot dog. Yeah, seriously. Well, no, I. I make oh, my TV is older than yours. It's from the 70s. I make do with what I have, and I don't pay for cable. But by hanging a, like a hanger on the back of my TV, I can get like six channels. Not for long. Your TV is from the 70s. 
Oh, yeah. It weighs like 500 pounds. So is mine. It's called an RCA space control. <laughs> I have an old RCA as well. I, I only got it cheap because I bought it from an engineer who ended up in jail. <laughs> nothing that says space control or space or space age is actually, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it's huge. There's, there's just nothing. There's, and by the way, when I bought that ant farm uh, that we were discussing today, by the way, I, just, I told you I just sent away for the ants. But when I bought that ant farm, it says, like, ants live in space age habitat. It, when are we going to stop using space age to describe the space age was oh, I mean, 40 years ago we went to the moon and i think we were in space before that when did we when did sputnik launch tim 1957 1957 the space age should no longer be used to describe things like to make it sound cutting edge by the way have you seen wally yet no seriously you, you told have, me to go see it you have to see it and there's a tiny little sputnik joke in there by the way oh there is put just for you tim riley i'm sure that that's what you were the person they were thinking there is a tiny little reference to sputnik in that movie which is quite good just as there is in the iron giant so all right here's tim riley where am i i have no idea gridlock time for a double darwin watch is your darwin watch for wednesday on the rick emerson show i have a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down don't don't California comes to word, a Mendocino County woman who was trying to kill mice in her trailer with a gun ended up shooting herself and another person. <laughs> the 43-year-old woman pulled out her 44 caliber mice <laughs> when she saw the mice scurrying across the floor of her trailer. Not just a gun, but a 44 magnum. But she accidentally dropped the gun, which went off and struck the floor. The bullet went through the woman's kneecap, bounced off the keys sitting on her belt loop. <laughs> If you can imagine all this. Was Rube Goldberg injured in the explosion? Uh, and then, uh, let's see, oh, there was another 42-year-old man in the trailer, and the bullet then grazed his groin before ending up in his coin pocket. <laughs> what? Are you making this no. up? Threw the kneecap off the keys, passed the groin into the coin pocket. Is uh, this from the onion? I, I don't know. If the coin pocket is a, uh, a saying for something else. But anyway, authorities <laughs> right there in the coin pocket. Did not release the shooting victims' names. The mice escaped the shooting unharmed. <laughs> of course they did. That's so great. And can't you? Do, and in your head, aren't they little picture? They're like little Warner Brothers mice. Uh, they're all wah, 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 running away. Foil again, Boydie. Yeah, that's excellent. Wonderful. Forty-four caliber hand, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would take your kneecap clean off. A 44-year-old British man died because he drank too much water. Thomas Thornton drowned after having over two and a half gallons of water in an eight-hour period to ease the pain caused by gum disease. What was Entercom offering him in exchange? It doesn't say here. Okay. The amount of water is uh, five times the recommended daily amount. London Daily Telegraph reports an inquest that Monday uh, has been underway. He consumed similar amounts of water on two previous days before his death. He has suffered from gingivitis for 20 years. <laughs> of course. Rather than seeking treatment... He used water to numb his mouth. Last December, he got sick uh, from the water intake. He fell and had to be taken to the hospital where he died the following day. Well, he is British. Uh, he died of a heart attack triggered by overconsumption uh, of water. I, I don't even understand how water would numb your gums. That is weird, isn't it? That's, you know, the British aren't like us. No, they're not. Maybe uh, it was just ice cold water. I suppose. Yeah. All right. There's, uh, yeah, there's your double Darwin watch. Fantastic. KCMD Portland. And another one gone, and another one gone. 
Uh, here's another person complaining about the squeaky door, which doesn't get the greasing. Uh, Rick, I listen every day on the podcast. Every time somebody opens the door, the door squeaks. We have to listen to all the talk about the hum, but no one brings up the squeaky door. I think it's getting worse. Can't it be fixed? No. Here's Tim Riley. How do we know that it's bothering you? Like, if you keep bringing it up, we're just going to... We're never going to fix it now. It's going to stay there. Wait, hold on. Let me just... Do you need to get something from out in the hall? I do. I can barely hear it. I can't hear it at all. You know, I can't complain because they did give us not one but two new light bulbs yesterday. They did. They were very they generous with their and, light bulbs. And they weren't from some other studio or borrowed from some other facility. They're actually our brand new special light bulbs. Right. That door just doesn't squeak enough. Yeah, I can't hear it at all. No. I don't Maybe know what people are talking about. Maybe we should just be quiet and let the... Hold on a second. Let's just see if we can hear it with... Mm-hmm. Wait, I think there is a sound. You're right. My gum? I can feel the TSL building. Scume <laughs> to court, Tim. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, an 18-year-old man is accused of leaving baskets of spank cookies at 12 North Texas police departments. Baskets of spank cookies? Spiked. Spiked. Not okay. spank. All right. Spiked cookies. Lieutenant Kane of the uh, local police department said the man said he was uh, working for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. I guess after 6.30, a gentleman delivered a package uh, of goodies, a basket package of, of goodies, goodies <laughs> in it wrapped up in tissue. He said he could tell that the cookies had been doused or doused. Well, I came in this morning, and they said, smell the cookies, and it smelled strongly of marijuana. Smell the cookies. Smell the cookies. Smell the cookies. And the glove. Smell the cookies. Package of cookies. Not of. Uh. All right. Uh, here's a chance to make your pooch a star. Alpo Dog Food has launched its Alpo Real Meat Moments Challenge. All the dog owner has to do is enter his or her videotape of their furry friend's antics at mealtime. Have you been waiting for the chance to make your pooch a star? Contest spokesperson, comedian, <laughs> and view co-host Joel Bayer uh, shares what they are looking for. We're looking for the biggest oh, maniac in America. A dog who goes bonkers for every meaty meal. I mean, the dog... Some dogs just go berserk when they're ready to eat. Wait, so, so this is basically veiled to hawk some, like, dog food product, right? Yeah, what is the name of this? Alpo. No, <laughs> what is the name of this show? <laughs> the name is Alpo Real Meat Moments. Wait, what network is this on? Because CBS is launching that Great American Dog Show. I believe, I believe that this might be, it doesn't say, really. Did you get the corporate email about that dog show? No, I saw a commercial for it. Though. I do. That's on CBS. Uh, th- th- I got an email today from some guy at CBS. Maybe Les Moonves. I don't know. I got an email from some guy at CBS. Oh, I got another CBS story here. All right, pimping the uh, the Great American Dog thing. Uh, apparently, they're also uh, pimping Laura Logan, the foreign affairs correspondent so for speak. CBS News. She uh, does admit today she is pregnant, and the father is a married uh, federal contractor whom she met while stationed in Iraq. His name is uh, Joseph Burkett. Uh, he's in the midst of a divorce from his loving wife, Kimberly. <laughs> he already has a three-year-old daughter. Uh, Logan is going through a divorce, too, from her estranged husband, Jason. We're a classy network. He's a Chicago-based energy lobbyist. They were married back in 1998. Nobody likes to read about themselves in the paper, especially though it's been sensational highs, says the Logan woman. She's 37. I hate it, but I'm just going to rise above it and keep going. Uh, Logan, whose pregnancy is unplanned, uh, told the newspaper the due date is in January, and she's looking forward to becoming a mom. Rise above what? She's a whore. <laughs> That's not what the headline says from CBS in your office communications. What are you rising above? You broke up a marriage, and now you're knocked up. Rise above it, sister. <laughs> Take it back. 
Yes, uh. it's time to rise above being a whore. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe we don't get invited to more CBS functions. <laughs> uh, she's also known for her intrepid war coverage. Uh, she was uh, promoted to CBS's chief foreign affairs correspondent uh, last month. From now on, she'll be based in Washington and explore those trenches. <laughs> Sounds like he's somebody also, was exploring a trench, also, Tim. She uh, also contributed to 60 Minutes in some unknown fashion uh-huh. and has won numerous accolades okay. from who we don't know. I was going to make some other joke about the... Ah, never mind. 60 Minutes. I was going to make some joke about blah, 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 six minutes, but... That was reaching for it. No? All right. Well, there you go. So that's uh, from Les Moonves. Yes. It's good to see that she's turning it into, 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 she's turning it into female empowerment. Mm-hmm. All right. The lyrics of the Billy Ray Cyrus hit, Ready, Set, Don't Go, truly came from his heart. <laughs> Billy Ray said he wrote the tune when he found himself alone in are, Tennessee. Are you just reading gibberish from a, from a Billy Ray Cyrus flack? Are you just have you just been given a press release from Billy Ray Cyrus and now you're just reading it? That's what it says. Okay. I read whatever's put in front of me. Okay. Uh just be Oh, okay. Uh he said it comes straight from the heart. He wrote the two when he found himself all alone in Tennessee, just before he moved to California for the Disney series Hannah Montana, the show that launched his daughter Miley's career. And Tish and the kids and Miley included all left driving a U Haul. Down the driveway we went. Are you, I stayed real? back at the farm in Tennessee to type some loose ends. And as they disappeared down the driveway, I realized I was letting go. It's a bridge that every parent dreads crossing. But you know someday it's got to come. Wow. What is go- I fell asleep. I, <laughs> I just felt like all the lights in my brain turn off for a second. What was he talking about? I don't know. And doesn't that sound like a it's fake accent to you? Deep. Oh, I know. That doesn't. Wait, so like years ago, hasn't Hannah Montana been on Disney for like years now? And what and what is he talking about there? What what is the story he's telling? Well, he wrote the tune, "Ready, Set, Don't Go," <laughs> when he found himself alone in Tennessee, just before he moved to California. For the Disney series, Hannah Montana. <laughs> the show that launched your daughter's Miley's uh, career. And is very unhappy. And Tish and the kids, and Miley included, all left driving a U-Haul. Down the driveway they went. It sounds like he's narrating a Christmas special. In Tennessee or to talking book. Type some loose ends. And exactly. As they disappeared down the driveway, I realized... Tuesdays with Billy. I was letting go. It's a bridge that every parent dreads crossing. But you know, someday it's got to come. Okay, in what context was this recorded? What, and is this, that's not an off-the-cuff interview he's giving there. That sounds like scripted. So where, where, from where is that coming, do you think? Was that, doesn't it sound like voiceover? It does. It sounds like yeah. he's, like it sounds, you know what it sounds like? It's like when Waylon Jennings would, well, how do you stem from the Duke boys are going to get out of this one again? The dang old man. Whatever, you know, it's like a, he, where he would, it's like the car would be frozen, sort of jumping over a barn, and Waylon Jennings, well, Roscoe P. Coltrane's on their trail right now, but he's he, like he's narrating some weird hick made-for-TV movie. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. I have more here. I'm waiting for this to download. <laughs> really? It's uh, Miley Ray talks about how the crowd reacts to her daddy when he uh, joins her on stage. At my concert, no lie, the biggest scream, and I told my dad no, this, I going to get all embarrassed, but the loudest scream that I had all night was when my dad came out. It was, like, so crazy because every time I, you know, go out for the encore, everyone's yelling, where's your dad, you know, thinking my dad's going to come out. And then the very few times that he does, it just, like, totally sends them just, like, crazy. It's so cool. Like whatever. And he brings her back a 
pack of Marlboro Reds. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, that girl's like 15, right? Uh-huh. Allegedly. Imagine how old she'll sound when she's 30. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, Rick, uh, will you guys be so kind as to have the kids from Whitney High chant in unison white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel? Yes. yes. Please, and thank you in advance. You know, we'll absolutely do that, sir. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, what's going on in Iran, you ask? An Iran military commander is issuing a warning after Iran's recent missile test. The commander of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard spoke through an interpreter about the Islamic Republicans' uh, readiness to bomb somebody. We want to tell the world that those who conduct their foreign policy by using the language of threats against Iran have to know that our finger is always on the trigger. <laughs> There's not much wriggle room there. See, we don't make those kind of statements. That's That really is a... There's really no getting that. I mean, that really is a that's a that's a definitive press release is what that is. The commander says his country is ready to respond quickly. We will chase the enemies on the ground and in the sky, and we are able to react strongly to enemy threats in the shortest possible time. Well, okay. Don't mess with that. You do have to say that that's a, that's sort of a concise statement. I mean, there's no misunderstanding that. Well, let's go on a hunt for some old Nazis, shall we? A uh, former SS member known as Dr. Death. Apparently, there are a whole bunch of these guys. I thought they were now... Well, it's like a franchise. I thought Joseph Mengele was Dr. Death. But this is the new Dr. I Death. thought Dr. Kevorkian was Dr. Death. Wait, and then we had that other guy in Florida that was Dr. Death. Well, this is the latest one. They all move up the ladder. There like can be Junior, old... senior. <laughs> is it like the Phantom? It where is. they Every generation, a new guy. I now give you the title of Dr. Death. Uh, so this guy apparently is hiding out in Chile or Argentina. They're all about the same country, aren't they? He's a, uh, a top Nazi, apparently. And uh, they think he's alive. What's his name? I'm looking for his name is Ephraim Zurov. I thought Joseph Mengele was Doctor Death. He used to be, but this guy moved up the ladder. He inherited. It's just like a runner-up in Miss Washington or something. Uh, let's see. They found a bank account with 1.6 million dollars in it. Other investments in this guy. Oh, originally his name was Heim, till he changed it. Uh, his name was what? Heim. Okay. H e i m. All right. Uh, so there are. Oh, he'd be 94 right now. He tops the uh, the list of the most wanted Nazis and war criminals, and the reward is four hundred ninety-five thousand dollars. Heim, also known as Doctor Death, was indicted in Germany on charges that he murdered hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, his crimes fully documented. After World War II, Heim was held for two and a half years by the United States military, but was released without being tried. He disappeared in 1962. And, of course, they all end up in South America. Of course. Uh, the Chilean government is helping all they can because they're always very cooperative. I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure they're doing everything they can to assist. All right. Now, off to Flint, Michigan we go, where residents there who let their pants sag could get their butts in jail. Apparently the problem's in Flint again. Flint police have been cracking down on a fashion fad that cracking they say down. constitutes indecent exposure. Officers have been uh, directed to arrest people who let their underwear, boxer shorts, or bare bottom show because of low riding trousers. Imagine seeing a lot of bare bottoms in Flint, Michigan. He's not got a place where everything ought to be covered all the time. <laughs> That's true. No offense to our listeners in Flint. Now, the crime is punishable by 93 days to a year in jail and fines of up to $500. And, of course, in Flint, there's always the risk that when you go to jail, they'll just the jail will close while you're in there and they'll forget about you. Instead of bail, they'll trade rats. <laughs> Although no arrests have been made so far, police have issued several warnings and have used the law as a probable cause to search violators. That's what, what, they're searching? <laughs> We're going to need to search your buttocks. What is searching violators? I, I I'm sure I'm going to have to search your ass. I know. I'm it's... not sure if that's a crack or not. <laughs> Let me get out my magnifying glass. Uh, okay. Apparently, they have a lot of time on it. Yeah. Well, he's not exactly a sharp-dressed man, but a suspected bank robber has struck again. 
The man is suspected of holding up 14 Texas banks in four years. The suspect, referred to as ZZ Top, has a beard and wears a big hat. Therefore, he's been called ZZ Top. He's hit uh, several banks. He's robbed more than a dozen and, uh, since 2004. So far, the bandit hasn't hit LaGrange, a Texas town mentioned in the 1973 CC Top hit. This is the worst news day ever. I mean, these stories are all fascinating, but you can, but, but it's like we're just getting, um, it's like we're getting news sent to us by every, like, just dirt heel grade Z journalist desk in every hick town in America today. It's like nobody's working today. <laughs> we had that Billy Ray Cyrus clip, then we had the Flint thing, then we have this story from Texas. We don't mind. We'll read anything that's put oh, no. here. That's no, fine. We don't have any standards. I'm just saying it's like every rube with a, with a telex is sending us stories today. I mean, who could criticize us when they're, you know, big news people jump into trenches and get pregnant by <laughs> other guys who are married out? Well, Ali, she's looking for new things to cover. I know. Man. In the past, I was just covering penises. It was an investigative report. Um, let's see. I need to investigate your crotch. Uh, let's see. Oh, by the way, Tim, did you hear this horrible story about uh, a film remake? No, but I'd love to. Guess what they're remaking. I don't know. No, you have to guess. Uh, Gone with the Wind. No. Uh, Psycho. You're no, they've already done that. Oh. You're guessing. You're guessing incorrectly. I guess I am. I don't know how to guess properly. I give up. No one ever knows how to do this. Nobody. We know how to do it. We're just not good at it. <sighs> well, right. now, now it's just going to be anticlimactic if I just say it. Well, it would it be a movie that I'd know. Uh, you know of it. I don't think you've ever seen it, but you definitely know of it. It's one of Tim's. Uh, it's a movie Tim loves. They're remaking it. A movie I love. You've quoted it many times here on this show. La Dolce Vita? No. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Uh, Gremlins? They love the same <laughs> thing, aren't they? What did you go for me, Dolce Vita? Gremlins. <laughs> I'm trying to think of... Gremlins. <laughs> what the hell is... <laughs> is it Rashomon? How about Porky's 3? <laughs> is it War and Peace or Police Academy 2? <laughs> <laughs> it's Red Dawn. Oh, Red Dawn. They're ma- remaking Red Dawn. We already talked about this. Did we? I, yes. I know well, we talked about ago. Red Dawn when Patrick Swayze was. we thought he was no, about to die. No, because they came across it on IMDb, and you oh. asked me to investigate it further. All and right. we talked it... about it for about an hour. All right, so screenwriter Carl Ellsworth has now been uh, hired to recraft it. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know what else they're remaking? This just makes me. This just makes me furious. They're remaking RoboCop. That makes me really angry. I was wearing a RoboCop t-shirt yesterday, by the way, and I'd like to thank Big Jim from uh, KUFO who spotted that. RoboCop, here's the thing about RoboCop. If you haven't seen RoboCop in a long time, you really ought to go back and see it again for the first time. RoboCop is still a legitimately great movie. It really is. A, it's, a, it's a wonderful film. It's still, it is. It's, a, it's just a just a pitch black comedy in many ways. It's an action film slash dystopian satire. It's a great movie. There's just no need to remake that. A lot of things, a lot of things benefit from a remake. RoboCop will not be one of them. Um, oh, God, listen to this. The tone of Red Dawn is going to be very intense, very much in keeping in mind the post-9-11 world that we live in. Yeah. All right. Let's see. I'm trying to see if there's anything else I care about here. The original film followed the scrappy insurgency of a group of Midwestern teenagers who take on their high school mascot name of what, Tim? The Wolverines. 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 It's a rallying cry of resistance. Yeah, there's nothing else here I care about. That, that RoboCop thing makes me really angry. Let's welcome now from New York City, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Steve Katzenbaum. Hello, sir. Hey, I love Red Dawn. I never can see that movie enough. I mean, Red Dawn, there's no need to remake that. There isn't. I mean, what is, what is the who, point of that? Who would be in the role of uh, the, Air, um, the Air Force uh, pilot 
who bails out over their territory. Mm. Uh, what was his name? I forgot his name. I don't know. I haven't seen Red Dawn in a long time. I haven't seen that movie nearly as much as I ought to. Oh, he played coach on that. Uh... Oh, Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just it just seems like it's. I mean, I haven't seen Red Dawn recently, so I mean, but I mean, Tim believes it holds up. Do you believe it holds up, sir? I think it's great. But what are they going to do? They're going to change the whole plot and, and have it be like a. A coalition of Arab nations invading the U.S. I think it works so well. I mean, just it's such a it's such a great film because it is a time capsule of that period when our biggest fear was that the Russians were going to come for us. Right. Why don't they just remake it the way it is? Don't up, try to update it. I mean, the time as, as I think Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull has shown, enough time has passed since the fall of the Soviet Union that we can go back to making the Russians bad guys. Initially, we we wanted to be sort of sensitive about it. You right. know, we didn't want to make them look like bad guys when they were trying to get their act together. But now we can make Russians look evil again. Yeah. And I mean, it's like if you were to remake uh, uh, War Games. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. It, which, which, by the way, they are doing. So, you know. Isn't the 25th anniversary of that movie coming up or something like that? They're going to re-release it in theaters, a director's cut with uh, previously unseen footage in preparation for the remake. Oh, what a great movie. Yeah. Hey, did you ever see that miniseries America with a K? No, I haven't. Is it good? Uh, it, no, it's terrible. It aired in the uh, 80s. Uh, again, pre-Glasnost or Perestroika, one of the two. Um and it was a mini series on, I believe, ABC starring Chris Christopherson. And it oh, was, I remember that. It was like a five-part mini series. Again, about um, it was about the takeover of the invasion of America by again the Soviets. Ah, yeah, I it's, remember that. It's not very good, but it's an interesting time capsule of the period. Where have all the apocalyptic TV series gone? Remember, remember they had a whole bunch of those. It's the end of the world, nuclear holocaust, and the survivors, you know, band together and try to rebuild America. The type. day after. That's yeah. what you're talking about right there, the day after. Um, boy, you know, the day after doesn't hold up either. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of corny when you watch it now, which I hate to say, because, I mean, do you remember that it was just, the day after was just like the television event of all time? Yes, I do. I remember how scared I was going to, going to I think it was in high school when that came out. Yeah. And I just remember how, like, in the back of my mind, there was this gnawing feeling that at any time all this could come to an end that is a weird thing that i that i think is very generational i uh sarah probably doesn't remember this even but i when we i mean i and you know and i guess everybody from 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 the cuban missile crisis or sputnik on up until 91 it's weird actually that uh, that even now i mean this is now what 15 years after the fall of the soviet union 18 years something like that 91 um I it's a strange thing, but I really do still remember. And even thinking back on it, I get that same sense of there was a palpable exhaling when the Soviet Union collapsed. Because I mean, we did for so long just live under this constant. We're just constantly brainwashing. You could be nuked at any moment, right. and and it, it, all through my adolescence and my childhood, there was the day after. There was this other horrible British movie called Threads, which was all about like a nuclear holocaust. And I mean, it was just. You know, and we were constantly told that the Russians were going to nuke us. And I mean, it was—it seems corny now, but it was legitimately terrifying growing up in that because they were just always told. Uh, I remember that this in, the most insane thing I remember is the Reagan administration at one point putting out this report that they were instructing you how to survive a nuclear blast, which of course can't be done. Right, but, I remember those. But their whole thing was. That you were, and this is real. I tell this to people, and they don't remember it, and they think I'm making it up. But the Reagan administration put up this thing saying that you were supposed to dig a hole in the ground, hide in the hole in the ground, and then somebody was supposed to take a door off the hinges, put it over the top of the hole, and shovel dirt on top. And that was literally supposed to protect you from a nuclear blast. And what they never really explained is how, like, 
the last man standing has no one to bury him, and so he just gets hosed. Exactly. Um, anyway, but I remember when the, when, the, when the Berlin Wall came down and the, the Soviet Union kind of collapsed, and there really was this national sense of like, ah, all right, you know, it just, uh, you know, which, which lasted until, you know, maybe, you know, in a, in a, in a grand sense, lasted until sort of 9-11. But um, anyway, but America with Chris Christopherson is a really interesting time capsule of that period. So, yeah. And the reality is we're probably more at risk of some sort of nuclear or biological attack on our shores now on a small scale, not on a nuclear holocaust. Well, yeah, because there's, no there's no one one place. There's no one guy to kill one country to bomb, whatever. Right. You know, so, well, all right. Um, uh, let's see. Um, what were we talking about today? I don't know. I think we were going to be talking about Bon Jovi. Oh, yes, Bon Jovi. So this is, well, so this is like the, uh, the, the, how often do these concerts in Central Park happen? Because it seems like the, they are events whenever it is, because there's the Simon and Garfunkel one, which is to many, to many people the gold standard. Garth Brooks did a concert in Central Park. Um, well, the thing is, they don't do these uh, that often anymore. They definitely don't have the type of concerts that uh, include, you know, half a million people on the Great Lawn. Because uh, the Central Park is now shepherded by this park conservancy, sort of a public-private partnership. And as such, you know, they've rehabilitated the park, but it's sort of uh, pristine in some areas, and they want to maintain the grass a certain way. So every summer, there's literally only two concerts on the Great Lawn, and they limit the crowd to 60,000. So this is going to be one of them. And Bon Jovi is uh, doing this concert Saturday night. Uh, as part of the All-Star Game uh, festivities here, and they handed out free tickets at Yankee Stadium, at Chase Stadium, on Major League Baseball's website, on Bon Jovi's fan website, and through radio stations here. And it's supposed to be a free concert. It's supposed to be all these free events surrounding the All-Star Game. Well, you know us Americans, we always want to make a profit. So all of a sudden, they're finding these free Bon Jovi tickets, uh, this is no surprise, uh, up for auction on sites like eBay, and somebody out there was actually trying to get 1500 bucks for their pair of tickets. Uh, I haven't found that. I've seen people, though, you know, asking for $250 for a pair. Fifty, but even to what, I mean, I was thinking this, I was watching, you know, it's one of those things I watched by accident. I was by accident, I was accidentally watching Saturday Night Live this last weekend, and the host was Bon Jovi. Uh, and I forget who the musical guest was. Musical guest, it was a weird double bill because John Bon Jovi was the host, Bon Jovi, the band, played a song right up top, and then the musical guest was the Foo Fighters. And Oh, weird. Which is a really weird juxtaposition when you consider that Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters was part of the band that put the nail in John Bon Jovi's career for some time. So it was, it was weird years later to see a guy from Nirvana and a guy from Bon Jovi on the show sharing the stage. It was a weird... It was a weird clashing of worlds there because, you know, one really kind of killed off the other for some time. Um... And how about how about Bon Jovi for staying power? I mean, they were around uh, when I was in high school. I was just going to say, it's almost alone from the so-called hair metal bands. you got to give it up to Bon Jovi. Just like a post-apocalyptic cockroach, that guy will not go away. <laughs> uh, he never... He, I mean, there was a time when they didn't sell as many records as they once did. But, I mean, they never really fell off. They never did... You know, a lot of those like, 80s bands come through town and they play like some 200-seat club or whatever. And you know what? Bon Jovi, every time they come here, they sell the Rose Garden out, which is you know where the Trailblazers play. Uh, and they, you know, that they remained stars. They weathered it, and no one else did. They were the oh, they were really the last band standing out of all that. So you got to give it up to them just for still being able to. I mean, it's not like you know, it's not like uh, Trickster is going to be able to play Central Park at this point, you know. And and uh, where would Bon Jovi be uh, without hair plugs? You know, I uh, you know that guy has amazing hair still. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, as Sarah has heard me talk about this so frequently that she's tired of it. Everybody is tired of it. But I, I am fascinated by the un, the undiscussed hair plugging of rock stars. Uh, you know, the, the baldness curing of rock stars. Because well, one of his, one of the members of Bon Jovi was actually, actually went public about it. Wasn't one of them like going bald even way back when? Is that true? Was, I didn't know that. I think so. I, I think it was Bon Jovi, but it was one of the hair bands. I always, I was sort of wondering about that because, it, because, I mean, it's just, you, like you, just the law of averages dictates that, you know, three out of every five guys are probably going to go bald at some point, and yet you see these bands who are 40s and 50s, you know, Aerosmith comes to mind, and they've all got, like, the big miraculous head of hair, and nobody in any interview ever just says, hey, Steven Tyler, what? how come you still have all your hair? What's that about? <laughs> uh, you know, just, just to see what he would say. It's just, you know, because, and it's a weird sort of, I almost want to say it's sexism, because nobody has any problem drilling female celebrities about their plastic surgery. A woman, any celebrity, gets a female celebrity gets plastic surgery, it's on the cover of People, it's on the cover of National Enquirer, TMZ talks about it. We were just talking about Jennifer Love Hewitt getting some work done. I mean, female celebrities, they get the tiniest thing done, and everybody wants to blab about it. Male celebrities get the, you know, they get the hair taken care of. Nobody ever. It's like we've all. It's like some weird code of silence where we've all agreed all not right. to ask about it. Yeah, yeah. Why are the Rolling Stones, you know, like you know, in their 60s and beyond, almost big and, lush head of hair on that guy. Big lush head of hair and uh, dyed. You know, yeah. it's not a gray anywhere. It's so it's like there's some sort of omerta about it. You yeah. know. So. Yeah, you know, and I, I could see this, Rick. If somebody were to find out the answers to, you know, who has uh, hair plugs and who doesn't. Uh, this could turn into a really good drinking game. There you go. Colleges. That's you know, what Sebastian I'm saying. Bach, you know. Sebastian plug, Bach. That's no a hair plug. good reference for you, Sebastian Bach. I just I saw that guy in concert last year. Oh God. Another. <laughs> he was not bad actually. He was opening for. He was opening for what purported to be Guns N' Roses. Oh um, yeah. He was that terrible. Axl Rose thing that came through town. It was like Axl Rose and a bunch of dudes. Um, but the opening band, the opening act anyway, was Sebastian Bach with just some studio guys. And he just, you know, sang all his Skid Row stuff. And you know what? He actually still sang really well. Uh, and again, full head of long, lustrous hair. And that guy's like 42. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. It's, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's some special farm where they all go and they drink some sort of like uh, Ponce de Leon water. All right. Yeah, or maybe, you know, maybe doing all of that all those drugs and not sleeping and then screaming your lungs out, maybe it's actually good for you. Maybe. Maybe it's, maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's why in, in the future it will just be cockroaches and Keith Richards because maybe the cigarettes are actually health food and we didn't know it. So. Yeah. All right. In any event. Well, when is this Bon Jovi thing happening? Saturday night in Central Park at 8 p.m. and I'll be there. Is there going to be the obligatory money-grubbing pay-per-view broadcast of this? No, I don't think there is. Uh, but, but you can rest assured that all 60,000 of those people will be singing along with America's favorite a karaoke song, Living on a Prayer. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, my friend. All right, sir. Enjoy your day. We will talk to you soon. So long. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Tim Riley. I'm getting more bike information. Okay. But Hey, uh, we have four guys named Steve on the phone. How is that possible? Everybody on hold is sure? named Steve. Steve, Richie just said, oh, my OMG, we have four Steves on the phone. Every... You have to say Steve like the way Steve. What? From um, Ebenezer, I barely knew her. Hi, I'm Steve. Thank you. Sorry. Every time I hear the name Steve, I say that. In, in Four different guys it. named Steve all on the... All right. Hi, Steve. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Actually, my name's Russ, not Steve. Oh, <laughs> damn it all to hell. All right. How can I help you, sir? Uh, earlier, you were talking about the pilot who was in Red Dawn. I'm a huge yeah. Red Dawn fan. It was Powers Booth. Oh, okay. Not Craig T. Nelson. Powers not Booth. Not Craig T. Nelson. I love Powers Booth. Powers yeah. Booth is um is what's-his-guts in, uh, in Tombstone. I forget the guy's name. Uh... uh 
one of the... Uh, uh, what is his name? Uh, one of the Cowboys. Yeah, one of the Dalton boys. And, the... and then he was Alexander Haig in Oliver Stone's Nixon, and then he was a whole bunch of other things. I love Powers Booth. All right. He, he was, what's his name, in the uh, in the uh, thing where he played the religious uh, nutcase that uh, killed all the people down in... Jonestown. Yeah. 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 Greatest show ever. Thank you, sir. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Steve. Hi, I'm Steve. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Rick. And I was calling about the Powers Booth thing, too. All right. But hey, I'm sure it was just because you and Steve Kassenbaum were just, you know, you, you weren't focused. No. So, uh, <laughs> and I haven't seen Red Dawn forever. It's been years since I've seen yeah. Red Dawn. But uh, wasn't he in Tombstone, uh, what was it, Crazy Bill, Little Bill, Wild Bill, something like that? Curly Bill. Curly that was Bill. his name because the sheriff, because the sheriff, Curly Bill. And then he was like, because he got there howling and shooting at the moon. Exactly. And then he and then he and then he and then he shoots the what's his name the, the guy. What, what a great movie Tombstone is. Really well done. That um, movie's fantastic. All of right. Of course, uh, Doc Holliday stole the show. Oh but man, I, you know best best performance that didn't get an Oscar nomination right exactly. there. Exactly. That's always my thing oh, with right. that movie. Fantastic. Thank Thanks. you, sir. All right. Thanks there you over. go. Zach. I have this whole theory, by the way. You've seen Tombstone, haven't you, Tim? Yes. I have this whole theory about Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday, that when he did the accent for Doc Holliday, that he stole that accent. Not stole, but, I mean, you know, people, it's well known that voice actors and actors will borrow their like, um, uh Like Johnny Depp said that his Ed Wood was Casey Kasem mixed with Ronald Reagan. Oh, and he's narrating that uh, Hunter Thompson film. Yes, he is. Yes, I was he is. I tell you that. I, um, you that I saw the, I got to see the press screening of it last week. Um it's uh, it's good if you're a Hunter Thompson fan, especially. I would say it's, it's good. It's depressing, but it's good. Um, but uh, yeah, so so uh, when Johnny Depp was Ed Wood, it was Ronald Reagan's voice mixed with Casey Kasem's voice. I think that when Val Kilmer played Doc Holliday in Tombstone, he was using the voice of um, uh, 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 Jesus, not Harry Chapin. Who's the guy that sang? Um, you don't mess around with Jim. Jim Croce. I think he's doing Jim Croce's accent from You Don't Mess Around with Jim. All right. This is a thing only I care about. One more, and then we'll do more news. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. This uh, is Steve. Hello, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. A uh, couple of things. Yeah. Um, uh, America. Do you remember the Saturday Night Live spoof called Amerida, where we were invaded by Canada? <laughs> no. It was very funny. They were really pissed off about the money being every color of the rainbow. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, medical hair restoration. Yes, sir. That was a, seems like a topic you were... Well, that we were, was in your that was in your wheelhouse. We were just discussing um, we were just discussing Russia. Oh, but by the way, and I don't have them here, so don't ask because I don't I'm not going to have them for a while. I I was uh, telling Sarah and Tim about this yesterday. So this this really is just a true thing. I'm not the uh, I'm not just uh, it. I had it's not a plug. Well, <laughs> I, the best part the best part was your little chuckle right there. So this actually all kind of ties together. So we were just talking about rock stars and hair, and he was come medical hair restoration. So I came in yesterday, and I didn't mention it because it seems foolish to do it until I actually have the photos in my hand. But so I went in because it's, uh, you know, they do like the, the whatever, the, the follow-up or something, you know, every every however many months or, you know, ever how many years or whatever. So I went in yesterday, and they showed me my before pictures from before I had the, Jesus. And it's like one of those, like, why didn't anybody just tell me that I didn't have any hair? Just everybody was just sparing my feelings. I mean, it's it's staggering. I mean, I, I was freaking bald. You look no. at least 30 years older than you do now. I mean, it's... Yeah, I saw a picture of you the other day, like, when I first met, from when I first met you, and you were just a mess. It is. Well, like I, you, I just figured it had something to do with where you grew up and all the 
the poisonous. Uh, it was like getting chemo without one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like getting <laughs> chemo whether you needed it or not. So I go in. I go in yesterday, and, and I'm sitting there, and you know, the guy. And I was talking to the doctor, and he's just like, "Hey, so how's it going?" I'm like, "Oh, it's fine." And he goes, "So, uh, you know, well, blah 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 blah." And I actually told him, I said, "You know, I've never seen my before photos." And so he said, well, hold on a second. So he clicks on my file or whatever because, you know, because you know, when you go in, they get the before photos done so you can sort of do a comparison later. And he has this big flat screen monitor right in front of me. And it was like a little, it was like a, it was like a two foot by one foot horror movie shown just for me. And he clicks on it. He's like, all right, here's your before picture. Click, click. And it comes up. And it's like you can't see the face because it's like, you know, you're tilted down and it's, they take the, the, the picture of you from the top. So you can't really see my face. If I didn't like, if I didn't know it was me, if I hadn't seen the file name that said like Rick Emerson before picture, I would thought I would have thought it was somebody else. I mean, it was it's like that, it's like that old science fiction movie where you're on the planet where your deepest fear gets you. <laughs> exactly, that's what it was. It was like having my own worst nightmare projected into my head. So is, they're gonna. I asked him to email it to me, and I guess the, the picture's too big, so they're gonna put it on a a, a, a disc, and they're gonna send me my before pictures. Which I will have no problem posting now because they're before because I don't look that way anymore. But wow, I mean, it's it really it really does tell you just the capacity for self delusion that human beings have. Because remember doing that? Nah, I still got a full head of hair as I'm like as I'm like sort of combing the wisps into place. I, mean, I still think I'm thin, so I'm, I'm completely aware of that. All right, thank you, sir. Can I get? Uh, could you? I don't want to be asked to be taken out this way, but could you play the right across this posterior thing at some point today? Sarah, do you have the right across this posterior? Thank you. Uh, right across thank you. His posterior. There you go. Thank you, my friend. I haven't heard anything from him lately. No, he's rehabbing it. I think. No, when I get those, when they send me the before picture, uh, I'll take the one that they showed me yesterday and I'll post it. It is. Unbelievable. I mean, it is. Yeah. I mean, just wow. It looks so different. Um, it's. I mean, and I wouldn't say that it wasn't true. I'm not just. I mean, they are an advertiser, but I wouldn't. I no, wouldn't... I remember what you look like. It was sad. <laughs> <laughs> like you would brush up all those little like sad wispy hairs just and try to make it to... look like some like pompadour thing, and I'm like <laughs> trying to comb them at the place. Oh man. All right. Well, anywho, here's Tim Riley. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. All righty. Well, the average price of diesel in Oregon is currently a little bit under $5 a gallon, which should seem cheap for one Oregon driver. Well, Kelly Ray Mulholland recently paid 100 times that to get his tank filled up after gas station attendants pumped regular into his diesel tank by mistake. No, no, no. You see, once regular gasoline is pumped into a diesel tank, the driver faces a very expensive and time-consuming mix. The latest tank of gas cost him... $915. When he went to fill it up, he popped the cap and let the attendant go to work. But when the pump clicked off, Mulholland went to see uh, how much it was going to cost him. He noticed a regular gas nozzle in the diesel tank. I didn't think that would work, though. I thought you couldn't fit one nozzle into the other. I thought they were designed that way, so you couldn't put diesel in regular or whatever. I guess not at this place. I don't really care. Uh, well, then, all right. I'm just saying I don't drive a diesel. It's not going to happen to me. It's not my problem, Tim. That's right. It's only, it doesn't affect us. Nobody here drives a diesel car, do we? Your car isn't diesel. No, those things are noisy. As a matter of fact, I'm glad my neighbor has been curtailed from driving his big-ass diesel truck around the neighborhood. It's the noisiest thing anywhere. And it was it massive? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, they're never big enough. Oh, man. <laughs> it needs to be bigger. <laughs> Don't look at my crotch. Uh <laughs> I was on the. I was driving yesterday, by the way. I found myself next to the biggest SUV. It may have been the biggest SUV I've ever seen in my was it life. A Hummer. 
I don't even know. It wasn't a Hummer. Like, it wasn't even... Was it one of those big, like, Tonka truck-looking ones that kind of look like a Hummer? Yeah, like a Hummer almost doesn't count to me because that's like a novelty vehicle. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Like, you kind of buy it's that a as a... whimsical item. Yeah, like, it's sort of like a goof. Like, you buy that as, like, a... It's I just like, spent $50,000. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's like a, a Hummer... A Hummer's basic... I mean, it is a military vehicle that they started selling to civilians, so that almost doesn't count as being a big car because, again, it, it is just a military vehicle that they now sell to idiot civilians. Um, but but the But this was, like, a regular... I don't even remember what kind it was, but it was just a regular, like, big truck but it was huge i mean it was like so big it was spilling into the other lanes uh and and i just you know and, and the guy was just driving along and it's just that you, you must know that guy must just be embarrassed to drive it around because everywhere he drives everybody is looking at him and just thinking dumbass mm -hmm. that's exactly what they're thinking as john as don geronimo used to say hello mr dumas uh that is i mean everybody's thinking the same thing when they see that jackass driving in his suv I got more uh, information on these bikes. Apparently, the Schwinn coffee or cream, I guess the, the Schwinn coffee is for guys, the Schwinn cream is for girls, and they both look like these uh, Amsterdam. So I just want a plain old bike like that with something on the back that I can put, like, groceries from Trinidad. Well, it's got on. a bike rack on it, so, yeah, yeah I can see that. I think it looks like Sarah X. Dillon's bike. Kind now, you're not going to be uh, you're not going to be doing a lot of hills or anything in that, are you? Oh, it's flat in the suburbs. Well, there you go. So it's that would see that would be consistent fine. with beautiful trees. Yeah. See, that would be. See, the only reason I I have that hybrid is because um I don't I don't do what's that? Oh, some something just popped up and said I have new mail. Well, get rid <laughs> of it immediately. Don't really care. Uh, I don't do this as much as I should, but you know, Lara's way more outdoorsy than I am, and so. Like if she and I go biking, we'll you know we'll do like off off road or whatever, like you know we'll rough it ever so slightly, and so that's not it, like a city bike wouldn't really work for that. But I don't want to go out and like get a full mountain bike either because I do bike to work, so that works really well. But if you're just doing like flat surfaces in the suburbs, I would think something like that would work perfectly. Well, it says these bikes allow you just to sit down instead of leaning forward like a most American. Are you leaning forward riding a bike? Uh, well, I think it depends on the kind of bike because like a like a. a, a Bikes that are built for speed, isn't that the deal? You you lean forward to reduce wind resistance. Oh, that might be true. But I mean that that's but you would. I'm but, not in any particular hurry. I was just gonna say, where are you really hurrying to? Uh, Trader Joe's is only open for another three hours. Uh, but Sarah, like, do you you don't lean forward? Like, that's a, it's an upright bike, no, right? Mine's like a yeah. I, I sit like perfectly straight up. Yeah, so that's probably what you want. I think it's easier on your back too. Yeah. I think otherwise you get like weird back issues or or something. I don't have them, but I'm not getting any younger. I was just gonna, you don't want to be like Armstronging it or anything. It's like you know, what do you care? You know. So, well, let's do one more and then we'll break. Shiloh Jolie Pitt is uh, Hollywood's newest baby. Shiloh Jolie Pitt is much too long. Uh, Shiloh is uh, followed on the best Hollywood baby list by Ringston Rossdale, the son of rockers Gwen Stefani and Glenn Rossdale, newborn Levy Elves McConaughey, the son of actor Matthew McConaughey. I don't care about these people's babies. <laughs> what is this a story? It is a fundamentally stupid story. Shiloh Jolie Pitt. Right. It's very embarrassing. Are we just going to go out on that one? I think so. All right. I'll play us in the break here. Uh, we'll do this. We'll come back. Uh, Susan's daughter will join us in the studio in a while and tell us what slang the kids are using these days. Oh, my God. Uh, later on, top five ugliest rock stars, uh, worst song ever, and so forth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. A brave man beats a man named Fam with a fan as he wrestles to get out of his hands. I don't understand. Mr. Fam was beaten with a fan. What is going on in 
this news story. Well, our shooting suspect is badly hurt after he knocked down the door. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Well, the man in the bedroom is waiting, and his weapon of choice, an oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan was greeted by a man armed with an oscillating fan. He beats the suspect down the stairs for the oscillating fan. Fan like ham? Right, okay. Armed with an oscillating fan. Long fan. Okay. The victim of the fan attack. Back up for a second. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. Mr. Dong Fan. Ham with a P in front of it, which makes it a fan. An oscillating fan. An oscillating fan. Okay. An oscillating fan. Mr. Fan and the fan. Mr. Dong Fan. Okay. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Lovingly assembled in the United States by a collection of robots. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up later on, we'll do uh, today's top five. Top five uh, ugliest rock stars of all time. Uh, Later on today, top five ugliest rock stars of all time. Uh, It's the worst song you've ever heard. Um, Let's see. Oh, we got the Corey Feldman thing still. And uh, we may or may not make it high concept Wednesday. Uh, Don't forget, joining us tomorrow in studio, uh, champion eater Joey Chestnut, uh, fresh from his victory at Nathan's Famous Hot Dogs in Coney Island. Uh, And in studio in the 2 o'clock hour tomorrow, the kids of Whitney High performing live for us as only they can. All right, let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Um, so Susan Reynolds is here. Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru, and your daughter, Taylor, who has uh, joined us before. Hello. Hi. Hi. How, how is everybody today? We're good. That good. microphone gives you a little bit of uh, yeah. a little bit of trouble there. That's all right. All right, so uh, we're going to find out exactly how lame and out of touch uh, I am. And by I, I mean Sarah and myself. So this I'm is... I'm not out of touch. Are you? Well, I'm out of touch with, like, 12-year-olds, but... So, Will, so now how old are you, Taylor? Gonna be fourteen. Gonna be fourteen. Fourteen on uh, Friday. You know, here's the thing. That's a thing that I think matters to you until you're about twenty-two, because it, there's a. I think every year up until you're about twenty-two, you you keep like really close track of when the next birthday is, and you measure your own age not only in years but in increments. Like you know, you talk to not. I'm not saying you're like an eight-year-old, but especially with little little kids, like how old are you? I am four years and three quarters in one day. <laughs> Uh, all right, so so Susan, you'll have to tell me the background. How How is it that, we, that this bit came to happen? Well, the other day, uh, Taylor and I were talking about something, and she mentioned, oh, I, she mentioned that one of her friends is a big Slipknot fan. And um, I said, oh, well, you know. Uh, yeah, that's As the world's coolest you know, mom. Yeah, uh, I've seen Slipknot and, you know, been backstage and all that kind of thing. Well, okay, because I work at KUFO. Did you have your picture taken with the dead clown guy? I'm sure I have, you know, something somewhere. Greetings, human. So she was texting. This is another whole thing. She was texting her friend, oh, my God, OMG, LOL, you know, all the stuff. And then the friend texted back. And what was his text? What did it say? He said, your mom is hella bomb dink. Okay. Wow. Okay, I am not a touch. This is where I say, what? That sounds horrible. You know, and and I know that as a parent, I am embarrassing her pretty much every minute of it's, every day it's your that job. we interact. Yeah, but in this case, she said, "Oh no, 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 that's really great." Yeah. So I had to have it explained to me, and then I thought, "Oh, this screams the Rick." Well, I mean, really, just I mean, just by by dint of. Uh, 
I mean, just your association with, with Rockfest alone, that gives you, like, the cool mom merit badge. Well, you'd think, right? Like, but just I unimpeachably think, so. Right, but I think when they live in the house with you, they, they don't see it that way. Here's mommy posing with all the members of Saliva. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So that was, that was the start of this. And okay, that but was, what does that mean, well, that what you just said there? I don't think there's really, like, an exact definition. Can, it's kind of just like... A huge favor. Can you either move your mic yours up or down? Because I can't... It's, like, blocking her face. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Okay. So there's not really a definition. It's kind of like all the words that my friends and I say, they kind of all mean the same thing. We just say them to sound cool. But, I mean, it's... But, I mean, they, but they have sort of meaning. So, like, in other words, like, that means good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not necessarily good, but, like, that's really... It's, tight, it's or in, that's really cool. <laughs> or really sick, so you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> All right, so this is, it's Susan and I were talking during the break, and this is exactly like the, uh, what did you say back when bad meant good? or Bad meant good, fat didn't mean obese, you know. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so this, so here's the deal. So you, so Taylor, you have a list yep. of some phrases or words that you and your friends use in conversation. Uh, so there may not be dictionary definitions of these things, but I think in terms of context, one, these obviously mean something. In other words, these have sort of, um, what is the word? These have equivalents in other words. Usage. Like the thing you just said about Susan. What did you say? What did you say your mom was? Hella bomb dang. Which means hip or cool. Yeah. Your See? mom is vi- hella meaning very. Yeah. And that, like, that's like uh, <laughs> emphasis on the word you're about to say. So right. hella is sort of an extremely or to a significant yeah. degree. Mm-hmm. All right. See, to tell me, I don't know what the kids are talking about. All right. Okay, Sarah, so Taylor will give us a phrase or a word, and we should have to figure out, we'll see if either of us knows what it means. Okay. But right. can I just say that when I hear the word dank being used, I'm thinking like a basement, cold, moldy, dark, you know. Oh, like dank. Yeah, D-A-N-K, right? I think, I don't even know how you spell it. I thought it. dink was a double income, no kids. No, 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 dink is dink, dank. I thought dank was a kind of weed. Well, all right. See, we're not that you, Not that anybody here would uh, know anything about no, that. I'm just saying. Not Isn't that favorite. what that means? I think so. I thought dank was a kind of drug. I, I I didn't I didn't come up with these. See, I just say them. <laughs> it's all very awkward. Okay, let's, all right, let's all right. go down the list here. Okay, so our first word is pwn, spelled P W N. All right, Rick now see, I know that one. Uh, be- how? <laughs> are you impressed well, man, or you, you are you sad that I know something? I'm shocked. Um, uh, what with my advanced age and all. Um, not only here's how lame I am. Not only do I know what that means, and not only can I use it in the sentence. Um, I at one point was describing to my wife. I had this whole um, this this whole sort of etymology of the word um, that I had written down and shown how you know whence it derived because it was originally owned O W N E D, which then became because it was a misspelling, because the O and the P are next to each other on the keyboard. And so then owned with an O, I sound like the oscillating fan song, uh, owned with an O became pwned with a P, and now occasionally you will see it actually transmogrified into pwnt, which is P-W-N-T. So it's a weird, like, you see, like, the four gen- and one word, like, owned and pwnt don't look anything <laughs> like each other, but then if you look at all the middle steps, you can sort of see how that word happened. Anyway, I only know that because I'm lame and because I play Halo. So, all right. Oh, wow. All right. So let's, all right. What is the next word? Okay. Noob. N-O-O-B. Sarah? I have no idea. I also know that one, though, because it's... That's like a video game. Because it's, I know that because it's, because it's another, it's another computer nerd term. Because I know that Aaron Geek in the City uses that word a lot. Noob. He uses that in the Ebenezer. I barely know. Noob Dynafire. Um, I know noob, noob is uh, short for newbie, which is to be uh, someone who has only recently started using 
video game, forum, chat room, program, software, etc. So uh, sometimes spelled N-0-0-B. Yes. In well, what the kids yes. call leet yes. speak. Oh. oh, that was another one. Yeah. Oh. Who's hip now? <laughs> That's you right. You are, Rick. All right, let's, uh, let's hear it for me. Okay, so, all right, what's next? Okay, well, I'm feeling confident about my linguistic skills. We're all very proud. I can pick up on your sarcasm. Okay, so the next one, which was used in the phrase to describe my mom, dank, D-A-N-K, I'm think. And so, Sarah, do you know anybody who uses that phrase? Dank? Dank, D-A-N-K. I don't know. I think I've heard it before, but I think it has like a negative connotation. See, I would, ne- I would have any idea what it means. So, uh, but, no. It, it, so it means like cool or something? Well, yeah. Um, most okay. of these people. Could, could it be swapped out with the word cool, in other words? Your mom is hella cool. Yeah. So it has a roughly the same. <laughs> like yeah. She's doing like a test. She's yeah. doing like a dry run in her head. Wait, hold on. Let me run that scenario. Wait. Yes. Okay. That does work. Okay. All right. What's next? Okay. So. Ooh, I might get you with this one. Biffles. <laughs> Do you want me to spell You're it? making that up. No, no. one says that. Yeah, people say Please it. Please to spell. B-I-F-F-L-E-Z. Oh, with a Z. Yeah, see, the Z is the Biffles? universal letter. I feel like that uh, I feel like they kid at the spelling bee who thought they were saying what, Nimrod or whatever. What was that word he thought they were saying in the spelling bee? Um, um, Numbnut or something? Numbnut, yes. That All right. Um, b- b- biffles? Please to spell again. Um, B-I-F-F-L-E-Z. All right, Sarah, anything? I have no idea. Uh, is this a verb or a noun? Hmm. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Person, place, or kind thing? of like an adjective to describe an a adjective. relationship. Our re- boy, your relationship is totally biffles. <laughs> biffles? Could, like, that, could, would that be a correct usage? Like your association with someone? Like, if, if... we are biffles? Oh, like your best friend. Is that best yeah, friend? Oh, yeah. there we go. B-F-F-L, then Z, again, with the universal kind of like best, it goes best in friends, Biffles. All right. So this is sort of a, uh, it, you know what it is? The language is sort of like, uh, it's like a house plant, and then you go away for three months, and you come back, and it's just grown like some, it's grown all out of control. So, like, you can see where the original plant started, but it doesn't look anything like that, because uh, BFF, I think, is a phrase that was used I mean, certainly when I was a child, uh, but now it's kind of just morphed into some whole new thing. God, okay, things are weird. All right, now this is fascinating me, though, because I, uh, anybody who knows anything about me or the show, I really am fascinated by language. Just the whole evolution of language, specifically American dialects. It's just, it's fascinating to me. Okay, what's next? Okay, uh, we have lols, L-O-L-Z. Now, laughing, right? Lols as distinct from L-O-L? Yes. Lols. Lols? Lols. <laughs> Sarah? I don't know. I thought there would be lots of laughing. Please to use in a sentence. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah. I don't, I'm not correct. Gonna, I guess. I don't know how to it's use it really in a sentence. Would that be like... Um, how would you use it in a sentence? Like, like, it's not really a sentence. Like, if someone says something funny, you just go, lols. Now, could you... <laughs> so, multiple... Do you say it or do you type it? Uh, both. Do you say lols out loud? Yes. So, is this a thing that... <laughs> so, this is, so, lols are... Lols, then, would be multiple... Uh, multiple laughs that were yeah. that were said out loud. Yeah. Uh, now, see, I uh, could you say, now could you use it this way? Uh, could you be like, um, uh, uh, the, the, I don't know, the, the, hey, why did you, uh, why did you blow yourself up with a, you know, blow yourself up with a rocket launcher while playing Team Slayer on Halo Three? You know, and then you'd say, I just did it for the lols. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I'm gonna start doing that right now. I oh, did it right. for the lols. Please don't. No, I'm gonna say that twice a day from now on. Okay. Doing it for the lols, the Rick Emerson Show. 
All right. <laughs> uh, do you want the next one? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, Zomg. Z-O-M-G. Exclamation point. What is it? Z Z O M G. Exclamation point. Yes. Z O M G. Zomg. 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 Do you now? Do you say that one? Yes. Do you say it in a sentence? Yeah. Well, or is it um, like ex- yeah. it's kind of like it's like the walls, but like zomg. So here, like I say this, like, and then I was like totally making out with Cody at the party. Zomg. <laughs> is it? But like, oh my God, is it the same yeah. thing? But yeah. what does the Z mean? <laughs> but with a Z. <laughs> it's like Z. OMG, but with a Z. <laughs> That's exactly what it now, is. Now, does the Z mean anything? Does it no. stand for another? No. Mm-mm. Okay, but I'm looking at the computer keyboard, and I don't even understand where that would come from. Like, the Z and the O are nowhere near each other. The Z is just kind of like, I don't it, know if it's for plural, but just to spell it funny or funky But if it was fresh. plural, it would be at the like end. A variation. Did you yeah, say yeah. to make it funky fresh? No, I did say that. Okay. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. All right. That's genius. Well done right there. You want to be in a morning show? Uh, all right. So, okay, Zomg. Hey, do you, let me ask you this. When it, 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 Do you ever use, instead of an exclamation mark, like an, an L? No. Uh, like an, instead of OMG exclamation mark, it would be, or like a one? Do you like a one instead of an exclamation mark? Uh, that's, if you have, like, really bad typing skills, like if you're a noob at typing. <laughs> you're a noob at typing. See? See, here's the thing. Is, no matter how, I mean, I know some of these words, but that's the difference between, that's how you know I'm old, is that I know some of these words, but I cannot casually use them in conversation. I would have to stop and think about it. Yeah, I can. They do not casually roll off my tongue. All right, so Zomg. I'm going to start using that one, too. All right, all right, what else do we have? Okay, um, this one is kind of like a regular word that you'd say a lot, but just like with a letter change. So this one is skeet. S K three three T. Skeet. S K three three T. Sarah. I have no idea. I'm taking all the brunt over here. You've got to at least guess it one. I already did. I did. I just did the oh my god one, and then I did the lols. Oh, that's true. Okay. Skeet. S K E E T. Or three three T. Yeah. Thank you. Skeet. Skeet. How would you? How would you use that in a sentence? Yeah, please use that the way you would. Without giving. That is so skeet. Or if someone says something that's really cool, you'd be like skeet. Is that like sweet? Something really cool. Yes. But it's okay. So the see, so this is not so complex. Not hard. Once you peel away the the outer layer. So it's just like just creative forms of. Thing. You know what yeah, it is? This is like technological pig Latin. That's exactly what this is. That really is what it is. It's just taking a regular word and just putting that layer of like adults don't understand it over the top. All right. Yeah. Uh, skeet. S K three three two. All right. Okay. What's next? Okay. Well, that was most. That was kind of like all of them because you would probably understand all the rest of them. Like, because of my elite language skills. Yeah. yeah. Because of your video game playing. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but I do have um special treat. Okay. Uh, like. Uh, like, say if you wanted to say your, write your name, or type your name in a cool formation. Yes. If your name had a I, A, S, or E in it, uh-huh. there's different t- ways to type it. So, if, say, your name was... Let's say my name was Rick Emerson, oh, theoretically. Okay. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me bring up Microsoft Word here. Hold on. I have to learn how to do this. I'm going to make this my SIG file. I'll make this my CBS SIG file. Perfect. All right. Okay. Uh, so, so, how would I spell Rick Emerson? So, first, you would start out with an R. R. You know. And then... You have an I, which can be changed into an exclamation point. Exclamation or a one. Mark. Or a one. Which All right. Your choice. I'm going to use the exclamation mark because I'm saucy. Okay. okay. Right. Then we have the C. C. But if you want to change it up a little more, you could do two Ks to kind of like... So know. R, exclamation mark, two Ks. <laughs> you kiss these days. Yeah. Okay. Then space. Space. And then for E, three. A three. Three. Yeah, yeah, a three. Three. And then M. 
Okay. You could do it either capital or uncapital. I'm totally capitalizing. Yeah. <laughs> and then another E or three? Yeah. And okay. the dollar sign? Oh, yeah. And then the dollar sign for the oh, S. Okay. Yeah. Wait, E-M-E-R, dollar sign, uh-huh. O, which is a zero? Yes, a zero. And then an N, you can just put an N or capitalize or not. All right. I'm completely, I'm completely <laughs> oh, signing everything that wow. from now on. Yep. See? You know what it is? This is like tagging for nerds. Really, what it is? You know, it's like you ever see like the graffiti tagging, and it's clearly some <laughs> visual dialect that you can't quite understand. Because uh-huh. graffiti artists have like their own sort of way of formula. That's exactly what this is like. Uh, this is like uh, it's like it's like tagging for geeks or something. But it or harms something. no one. You're it not defacing har- a building. No, no. All right, excellent. There you go. Fantastic. I'm going to save that right now so I don't forget it. There you go. Because I'm uh, a nerd. All right, there you go. Uh, Leet. All right. Excellent. Fantastic. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much, Taylor. Welcome. Now we're all a little bit smarter, aren't we? We sure are. All right. Thank you, Susan Reynolds. Coolest mom ever. Thank you, Rick (laughs) Emerson. R-I-K-K. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. There you go. Uh, All right. Well, it's 2.05. Well, this is awkward. We can't really do anything here. We can't take a break. What should we do here, Sarah Dillon? I just don't know. I don't know. Um, what else do we have coming up? Well, we have the worst song. Well, let's do worst song ever here, uh, maybe. And then, uh, thank you, guys. Thank, thank you, you so much. All right. Oh, is Tim Riley returning? Hello, Tim. Oh, I'm just stopping by to say hello. 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 You have to go back and... I'll be back in a little while. You're going back to do your news. I am. All right. Well, we can do actually High Concept Wednesday here, then. Uh, we can do High Concept Wednesday. Oh, and then we have to figure out... We never did do the uh, the, the Corey Feldman thing. Um, so give me just, oh, let's take some of these um, calls here. We'll get that done. We'll do these calls. Then we'll do High Concept Wednesday. Then Worst Song Ever into the break. Then we'll come back. Then Tim. Uh, then the top five. Uh, wow, I feel old. I know. I she mean, is so cute, though. Uh, she really is. And, oh, uh, Susan's going to have a rough time when she's in high school. Boy, and you, I won't mention any names here, but you and I have both known people in the past who had specifically daughters, mm-hmm. and you can just see the hell that is coming for that parent down the road. Not because there's anything wrong with Taylor. She's just, she's just very, you know, she's smart. You're she's talking sharp. about what we talked about before? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's probably happening now. I mean, oh, it's, you yeah. know, you know that that's in full swing. Um, but I mean, but the thing about Taylor is she's she's not just smart. You can tell that she's, you know, she's she's uh, she's quick. And so that's just going to be and, you know, and, and, you know, and Susan's fairly bright herself. And so you and that doesn't and the, you know, Susan and her husband are both both really smart. And so, you know, that the kids are just like that. And so it's just going to be, yeah, that's that's just going to be a whole lot of drinking for her, mm-hmm. not for Taylor, for Susan. Is Taylor the one whose um, door Susan had to take up the hinges? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Ooh, skeet doesn't mean what she thinks it means. Uh, I'm seeing this here that skeet means something, uh, at least in the opinion of some, that it means something else altogether. Hmm. I wonder if Susan. We should totally tell Susan this. But it, maybe it has. But it, but I could see how it had multiple meanings. Because I mean, regular words have multiple meanings. Yeah. For instance, uh, what's a word with multiple meanings? Jerk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Uh huh. There could be a soda jerk, for example. What else has multiple meanings? <laughs> well, this is going really well. <laughs> well, like, like a, you know, we should, we should think like, on if, the air. like if you're sewing, you know, there's always the chance that you could prick your finger. Yes. All right. Anyway, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. It's you, Steve. <laughs> All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson. Richie. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Hi. Hello. Hello. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yes. How are you doing, Rick? Hi. What's up? I didn't know if you'd seen this. I believe it was last week's A&E in some local rag. But uh, 
The kids from whatever high, the uh, Scott special creatures that the, put the record the together. The kids of Whitney High, they'll be performing at Backspace tomorrow night, sir. I'm just saying. I didn't know if you knew or not. I, I kind of have to float in and out because I'm not really even supposed to be on the air right now. Because uh, uh, are you working? Is, I'm not. Yes, I'm not. I'm not. It's not me. It's someone entirely different. Well, then you should uh, then you should know, sir, that uh, they're going to be in the studio with us tomorrow. Oh my goodness! This is just this is like the best uh, Eve ever. Yeah, well, it is. Uh, it is true. So tomorrow in the two o'clock hour, the kids of Whitney High will be in the studio performing live, sir. Sweet, and and there's, it's a free show. Even better. It's like what? Make a charge. Free show at Backspace tomorrow night, my friend. That's so wonderful. Thank yes. you. I didn't know if you knew or not, but now I'm so excited. You hear that? Mm, Palachek. I gotta go. They're gonna know who I am. Thanks, Rick. Palachek. Thank you. Well, that's a nerd reference. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. Tim, Sarah. Hello. Hello. Hey, uh, I got another word for you. All right. It's get murky. Which is what? What does that mean? It's like you were talking about own pwn earlier. Yeah. It's basically like that, but something you do. Like a lot of jocks work on it. Like I play basketball and I got murky, or I'm getting murky at shooting hoops today. It's like another version of that. Uh, wait, but it's so it's another version of of what word? Of like, well, it's like it's like to be you doing know, something. I own that person. Oh, I see. So it's, an, it's like I got murk on that person. So or I'm getting murky. It is like you. Uh, it is you achieved a state of superiority over. That person. Exactly, exactly. Right. Boy, nothing sounds lamer uh, than me trying to come up with, like, an actual definition for some of these <laughs> words. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, bye. How many kids of Whitney High are going to be in here? Because I'm just looking at pictures of them, and there are, like, 12 of them. Uh, well, apparently the traveling band is five. According okay. to the website, that could be wrong. I guess the, uh, the traveling website is five. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, all. What's up? Did you get the uh, pilot thing figured out from Red Dawn? Oh, yeah, it's Powers Booth. Yeah, Exactly true. Yeah. All right. I mean, it sounds like a complete douche. No, no, no. It's no, no. It's fine. I'm, I haven't seen Red Dawn for a long time, so apparently that is what that. that apparently that is what that is. It is that Powers is Booth, is. not Craig T. Nelson. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. Well. All right. Bye now. Rick, uh, KCMD Portland. When you get killed in a game before you even know what happened, you say Zom Jazor. I just got WTF punt. Future generations are gonna have no idea what the hell we are talking about. Really, it's just it is no one's gonna have any any clue at all. Uh, all right, let's see. Here. I have no clue, and I'm in this universe right now. Yeah, no, I got I got nothing at all. All right, uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Should we do high concept Wednesday? Yeah. All right. Uh, so for today's high, I was gonna do the uh, I was the jingle. We were gonna do the jingles, but it just uh, you know like is sort of by sheer coincidence did it yesterday. Uh, so I was thinking about this for high concept Wednesday. I was thinking about. Your first television crush. Oh, that's a good one. There you go. What do you think? I think it's good. All right. I'm trying to think of mine. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, 503-733-2970. It is High Concept Wednesday, because for tomorrow, High Concept Thursday, we won't really have time, because we have the kids of Whitney High coming in, uh, and we have Joey Chestnut, competitive eater. Uh, we will now open up the phones for High Concept Wednesday, uh, here's the high concept. My first television crush was. My first television crush was. It's 503 uh, 733 2970. 503 733 2970. Okay, who's we, uh, who was yours? Fred Savage on The Wonder Years. Really? See, I thought it would have been what's his name from C Lab 2020 or whatever the hell that was. <gasps> You're so. Sequester. No, but the, I didn't know him from TV. I knew him from Ladybugs and from uh, Never Ending Story Part 2. Ladybugs with Rodney Dangerfield? Yeah. Excellent. I, I rented that movie every weekend when I was younger. All right then. Fantastic. I've seen it a billion times. All right. So it was so it was Fred Savage and the Wonder Years. 
Yeah, because I'm, that's the first TV show I remember consistently watching that had a guy on there, like, kind of my age. I wouldn't think that he would have been your type, though, because he was kind of a... I was just kind of a noob. He was, I mean, he was kind of a tool. He was kind of, but remember at the beginning, he was actually, a, he started out a lot cuter and then kind of became ugly. And, but he was, I mean, he was just sort of a goof. I would figure that you would have gone for some sort of television bad boy. All right, Brett no, Savage. Interesting. No, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I, I wasn't really allowed to watch a lot of TV. Oh, uh, so all right. That was like one of my only real people TV shows I would watch. Uh, my first, uh, my first TV crush, yes. I just remember Tyler from Life Goes On. That was the first one. <laughs> okay. Tyler, life goes on. Uh, and, uh, let's see. My first TV crush would have been Kathy Coleman, who played Holly on Land of the Lost. Oh, I'm going to look her uh, up. Of Marshall and Holly. Don't look her up now. It's disappointing. I did. I spent, can I just say, I spent like half an hour the other night Googling Kathy Coleman. Googling, it's like searching for Sarah Marshall. That's creepy. Um, Googling Kathy Coleman to see what she looks like now, because she was sort of lost uh-huh. for a long time. Um, it, 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 nobody could find her. She sort of quit acting, and she vanished, and she hasn't aged well. It's kind of sad. Because uh, she was just so she was so adorable as a kid, and it's not creepy. I mean, even now it's not creepy because I was like eight years old at the time. So even she's now, cute. then or now? No, not now. Yeah, not and now. Then. I mean, at the time, you know. And again, looking back now, I still kind of have a weird crush on her in the sense that I remember her being, you know, I remember her through my eight-year-old vision or whatever. Uh, she has not aged well, but I had a huge crush on Holly from Land of the Lost. All right, it's the Rick Emerson program. Uh, my first TV crush was what? Valerie Bertinelli, one day at a time. Valerie Bertinelli, boy, she was, you know, way hotter than, uh, than what's her name, Mackenzie Phillips, too. Oh, yeah, well, that's, you know, even pre-crack, so, yeah. Yeah, of course. Valerie Bertinelli, you know, she's on the cover of, she's another one of those women like Kirstie Adley that's on the cover of tabloids or Weight Watch, weight like Weight Loss magazines every week. I think Valerie Bertinelli's on the cover of Women's World this week, uh, again, talking about how she lost, like, I don't know, 20 pounds like a celery diet or something, so uh, check that out. She's aged pretty well, though, I would say. Yeah, she's held up well, even, even through the whole Van Halen thing, so that's not bad. Indeed. All right, thank you, sir. Later. All right, High Concept Wednesday. Uh, my first TV crush was blank. Uh, the lady that played Wilma on Buck Rogers. Uh, Aaron Gray? Uh, yeah, later to become the mom on uh, Silver Star. Yeah, Aaron Gray. Oh. She was. I had a huge crush on her, too. Uh, oh, yep. Aaron Gray was... Here's the thing you may not wish to know about me, but I'll tell you anyway. Aaron Gray, and I would have been, what, maybe 10 when that came out, 11, something like that. Aaron Gray was the first uh, celebrity woman. In other words, the first woman that, like, I didn't know in real life. She was the first celebrity woman about whom I pondered the question, I wonder what she looks like nude. That was the, She was the first celebrity woman that I remember thinking, I wonder what she looks like without any clothes on. And, of course, I still don't know. I guess I could check Mr. Skin, but, yeah. Yeah, well, wasn't there an episode where, like, they boarded some ship or something and all the, like, the little passengers were trying to take her clothes off or something? Wait, you sure that wasn't a special episode in your mind? No. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember that. I actually didn't watch that show a whole lot, but I watched it just enough to wonder what she looked like with her shirt off. Yes. So. Okay. All yeah, right. I watched Buck Rogers instead of Battlestar Galactica, so. There was a, that was sort of it. That, that was really the, uh, the Airwolf versus Blue Thunder of its time. Exactly. Right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right. High Concept Wednesday. My first TV crush was blank. Oh, my, my thunder was stolen, so I have to go with Barbara Eden, Don right. Wells, and Aaron Gray. You, you have to pick one. They oh, can't man. all be your first crush, oh, the, sir. The, the belly button of Barbara Eden was my was my focal point. Barbara Eden, who, still relatively speaking, looks hot, good. Hot, hot, hot. She re- Yes, she did. As of now, and I, I think that the joke has been made many times that she was a, that she was the oldest woman that any of us would still f. Yes. Yes. Did you notice on uh, uh, Buck Rogers that the 
The robot, the one that went beady beady muck. That looks like a big phallus to me. Is that just me? <laughs> the head was a perfect phallus. He does. His head does sort of look um, phallus-like. What? Well, do you remember the uh, robot's name? Uh, no. Twicky. Well, there you go. All right. Thank you. This email says, by the way, Nicole Eggert on Charles in Charge. Hell yeah. Nicole Eggert, I remember her from Baywatch. Oh, man, yeah, she, uh, both, you know, can I tell you, both of the uh, sisters on Charles in Charge, and what's her name, the younger one, Josie, wait, who is, which one is Nicole Eggert? Uh, Nicole, I know she's blonde. They were both, well, there was the bookish one, and then there was the older one. The younger one, though, is not the one on Baywatch, because they both grew up to be, to the act, and the younger one, who was the bookworm, she grew up to be really hot. Nicole Eggert was the older one who was on Baywatch, I think. Yeah, Nicole Eggert, she's, well, she's pretty petite. Well, I guess she's tan and blonde because she was on Baywatch. So I don't know if that's what she looked like then. Uh, Rick, this email says, due to your myriad knowledge of everything ever, I think it's important for you to start signing everything. And then it's Rick Emerson, a never noob, uh, but written in lead speak. Thank you. Uh, High Concept Wednesday, your first TV crush was who? Uh, hey, guys. I would have to say Ann Jillian. Oh, from uh, Jennifer was here? Uh, Jennifer slept here? Was a, I don't even know what show it was on. She was a waitress in some high-rise um, building. Oh, now I don't even know the answer to that. I, I remember her from Jennifer slept here, which is where she played the ghost of a dead sex symbol who, and, and like, a, a, like, a, like a teenage boy had moved into this suburban home, and it turned out that's where this famous like Marilyn Monroe woman had died, and so her ghost haunted the boy and taught him everything he needed to know about being a man. I kind of remember that. And I, I, I don't even know. I'm a, I don't know if I was 8, 9, or 10, but that blonde hair just struck me as... You know, wow. I wonder if she's still alive. I don't know. She went through that breast cancer thing, remember? Yeah, she had the cancer. Hold on, let me look. Let's let's check right now. Let's I see. So. Oh, I hope she's not dead. Don't look oh, no. at the now picture. Still alive? And you know what? No, here's the thing. I'm looking at a picture of her. From oh well this is from, I was gonna say she looks good it's from 1988 <laughs> yeah she's 60 now so yeah I'm I'm not gonna look that up all right well that was mine have a good day guys excellent thank you sir uh, okay, hi so Nicole Egret played um, Jamie Powell in Charles in Charge that's the older hot daughter and so then Josie I think was the younger daughter who was sort of she was the bookworm with the ponytail she is unbelievably hot now that younger bookworm daughter from Charles in Charge is just smoking hi you're on the Rick Emerson show who was your first TV crush Donnie Osmond. Really? Yes. All right, so Donnie Osmond, um, he does. He has the wholesome clean cut thing down and like a million teeth. I was five. All right, excellent. Do you, if you see Donnie Osmond now, do you still get those particular longings? No, but my husband got to meet him because he was on Pyramid when Donnie hosted it, and I was very jealous. How unfair! Your husband was on Pyramid. Yes. What did he win? He did, $11,000. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You won $11,000 from Donny Osmond. That's wonderful. Were you jealous, though? Were you just seething with anger that you got to that you, you had to sit and watch that while he met Donny Osmond? Very much. All right. Let me ask you this right now, just between you and me and the wall. I if you If you had the chance. No. Really? No. Is that because of love for your husband? No, he's just such a goody-goody Mormon. Yeah, but I mean, what if what if you, you what if you got like him? To, like dirty him up a little though? Seriously, don't you want to be the one that don't you be the one that breaks his will? Okay, it may be tempting. If you could get him drunk. <laughs> okay, maybe. All right, that's completely hot. Thank you. Uh huh. I was gonna keep asking until she said yes. My friend Chris White just sent me an entire email full of that, with the symbols, dollar signs, and stuff. I can't even read it. That's addictive. The the lead speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um. This email says, Rick, my first TV crush, Jenny McCarthy, and singled out. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who's your first TV crush? Oh, uh, a few of them about the same time. Winnie Cooper from Wonder Years. Yeah. And then uh, I watched a lot of old TV, so Sam from Bewitched, and then also Nurse Christine and uh, Yeoman Janice from Classic. 
trick. Of course. And, you know, let's talk about Bewitched for a moment, Elizabeth Montgomery. She was, I think she's dead. She was really gorgeous. She was um, she had that cute little upturned nose of hers. Yeah, no, I, I love I loved Bewitched way more than a, a, a genie. Yeah, Bewitched. She was, as they say, she was a dish. That's All right. For sure. Thank you, sir. Uh, this woman, Jennifer, says, this is weird. I mean, it's not weird. I guess it's just different, you know. Um, she says, uh, Jennifer says, mine was Schroeder the piano player from Peanuts. Okay, that's pretty great. Hi, you're on the Rick. You know, well, you know right now there's some 12-year-old boy who has a crush on Lois from Family Guy. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Mark Vuries from Saved by the Bell. And quick question, is Billy Ocean dead? Billy Ocean, get, in, get out of my dreams and into my car? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Do you have a crush on Billy Ocean too? I, I do not have a crush on Billy Ocean. All right. Uh, which member of yeah. Save? Sorry. Which member of, of Save by the Bell do you have a crush on? Or Clark did you? Fouries. All right. Billy Ocean, alive, fifty-eight years of age. Oh, right on. Cool. Fifty-eight Thanks. years old. There you go. Thank you. Uh, touring Britain. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Who was your first TV crush? We'll do this one bank of calls and we'll finish. Linda Carter. Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. I saw a picture of her yeah. yesterday. Talk just yesterday, she was in the news talking about having overcome alcoholism, uh, and uh, and still looking fine, I might add. I mean, all things considered. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Uh-huh. All right. We'll do three more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Who was your first TV crush? Uh, well, I'm about to date myself, but uh, Emma Peel from The Avengers. Dude, you want to talk about a certain type of guy who has a certain type of thing for a certain type of woman, and that woman is Emma Peel, um, because. And I think it has to do with the outfit and her certain, she had a certain uh, uh, stridency and, let's say, dominant sort of personality. Well, and it would go hand in hand with uh, my affection for a young Chrissy Hine as well. I, I could absolutely see that. All right. Thank you, sir. All, All right. right. Take care, brother. Thank you. Two more. Um, hey, did I actually run out of music there? Uh, that was That's me. I just run. Uh, two more, and then we'll uh, be done here. Uh, who was your first TV crush? Somebody steal my thunder and mention Winnie Cooper. Uh, and I just got another email right in here, Dana McKellar. Uh, Danica McKellar. We could probably get her on right now. She's pimping that book. You think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's pushing that book right now about math for girls, like math is hot or whatever uh-huh. she calls it. So, all right. Uh, a close second, though, would be uh, Jennifer Keaton from... Uh, oh, Jennifer Keaton. Uh, Teeny Others. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, can I tell you, as a man who got to hug her, uh, she uh-huh. still looks and feels fantastic. All right. All right. All right. You suck on that. All right. That was uh, crazy, right? One more. Uh, it's true. I, I would, her bosoms were firm. She feels awesome. She did. That was a great hug. That's a, I can still feel that hug. If I just shut my eyes. Yeah. All right. Last call. Who was your first TV crush? Dean Butler, Almanzo Wilder on Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> Excellent. That's the best one to go out on. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, well, let's just take a break here. Take a break. Come back. Tim Riley around the corner. Uh, we'll do the top five and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't forget, uh, tomorrow we'll be welcomed, welcoming, uh, uh, we'll be, we will welcome to the Rick Emerson Show and be joined by uh, competitive eater Joey Chestnut, fresh off his victory at Nathan's Hot Dogs, uh, Nathan's Famous Hot Dogs in Coney Island. Also joining us in the studio tomorrow, the kids of Whitney High. Don't miss it. Uh, we'll get to more. If you're on hold, hang tight. We'll get more of your phone calls here in a second. Uh, top five coming up. This, however, is your personal savior. And now, no. though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. America's prayers are answered, and Ted Kennedy returns to work. For the first time since undergoing surgery to remove a magnificent 
mate that a, a, meglic, a brain tumor. Well, a big one. Uh, Senator Edward Kennedy returned to the Senate floor this afternoon. His colleagues greeted him with applause, cheers, and a standing ovation. He didn't say anything, though. Once again, Ted Kennedy back to work. Time for a religious nutcase. You know, can I just point out, during that, during that entire thing, is my computer up? Ah, I was desperately trying to get that to play. Our Ted Kennedy comes home music, and then it didn't want to work. So. I was wondering why you didn't laugh when Tim said magnificent brain tumor. <laughs> because I was busy trying to, I was busy trying to get the touching music to. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn me to hell. Hey, can all be good. All right. Oh, now it won't stop. Didn't you say that you wanted a religious... What? Oh, yes. What are we doing? Stop playing that. Okay. I'm so sidetracked. Let's stop. Wait. Hold on. Everybody be quiet for just one second. What's supposed to be happening right now? Uh, many disjointed thoughts, apparently. <laughs> no, we're not doing that one. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay, then. Polygamous sect leader Warren Jeffs was taken from jail in Arizona to Vegas, where he's uh, being described as being in a serious uh, medical problem. He's 52. That's too bad. Uh, apparently, it was serious enough to move him about 100 miles from Kingman Medical Center to the Vegas Hospital. He is the president of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's a faith of nearly 6,000. It practices polygamy and arranges marriages to underage girls. One of the ranches was raided in West Texas, and of course the legal battle continues. So, uh, but I, what I don't understand about this is, doesn't it seem like that story has just gone away? Yeah. Because they went, they raided the ranch, and they found all these underage girls that had been forced into and marriage. They were on with People magazine, like one creepy old white men. Yeah, and then, but then the story's just gone. Like I, you know, here's something else. You know, you know, whatever happened to all those guys who were at the, the Waco David Koresh compound? Where did they go? Oh, that is a good question. I don't know. It, they live I among It's big there. But, uh, what's that? I mean, there are plenty of dirty old towns down there. That they but, I mean, weren't they, were, did they go to jail? Did they not go to jail? Were they incarcerated? Were they released? Were they never charged? There was a whole compound full of Branch Davidians that David Koresh was leading. Uh-huh. Where, what happened to all of them? That is a good question. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. They just sort of vanished without a, without a trace. Caring. So, uh, well, in any event. Well, hopefully these, uh, these uh, nutcases will all get what's coming to them. Uh, Mount Vernon, Ohio, 8th grade science teacher who has been under scrutiny for focusing on creationism and uh, intelligent design in his classes will contest his planned firing in a hearing. The date was announced last night during a school board meeting in which several supporters of John Freshwater publicly <sighs> chastised the school board for its plans to fire him. For teaching so-called science. Darcy Miller, whose son uh, was taught by Freshwater, derided school administration uh, officials for singling out Freshwater but she said other teachers freely offer their opinion in the classroom. The family is one of Freshwater's uh, former students who had a cross burned into his arm by the teacher. I like how that's buried it le way late in the story. That way down at the bottom. In addition, in addition to teaching a bunch of superstitious mumbo-jumbo claptrap to students, uh, he was also, oh yeah, burning a cross into the arm of one of the kids. 
Just That's one of those freaky. things. What, what kind of idiot parent, and I think we know the answer, what kind of idiot parent comes to the defense of a teacher who is burning a cross into the flesh of a student? What is wrong with you? That I mean, is a good question. Well, they're, they're, they're holding a hearing about whether the teacher is, is using the correct tenets of science. He's burning crosses into children's arms. If that doesn't get you fired, where is this? Ohio. Of course it is. So, I mean, I mean, that's just so staggeringly, mind-bendingly stupid, I can't even, I can't even fathom it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like an issue of, like, well, is he teaching... Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of two competing theories. Uh, it's not even, it's, it's, it's not even, never mind, never mind, never mind. I'm just gibbering myself into a frenzy. It's too late in the show to be upset. I don't think that you're allowed to burn crosses into the forearms of children. I think that's what we call an automatic firing right there. So Only with permission from parents. I suppose. All right. Okay. Well, that's our religious nutcase. There you go. I'll keep it on the positive tip, Tim. I'm sorry. It's like how that wasn't even important enough to lead the story with. You know, like some of the tenets of his science class may be factually inaccurate, only burns children. In accordance with prophecy. Alright. Jesus. And last but not least, good luck lending tickets for the first screenings of the new uh, Heat Ledger movie. That's the Batman movie. Pandango.com <laughs> reports many of its pre-opening Thursday midnight shows. Are already sold out in Sweet. cities across the country. Well, you know what? Uh, I get to see it in six days. Why don't you say that more? Why don't you say that every ten minutes, Sarah? Why don't you send us? Why don't you get a Twitter and account and just let everybody we... know? Let everybody know. You know, cause text everybody all throughout the movie to let us know that you're there watching it and we're not. Anywho, I'm be sitting there with my giant thing of popcorn. Uh-huh. Oh, it's going to be blessed. Uh, if you go to rickemerson.com right now, there's a, today's blog entry it says the Dark Knight draws near. Uh, there's a Why So Serious poster there, but you click on the link, uh, you can get, uh, don't forget, we're going to be at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard, uh, Thursday nights, uh, basically Friday, 12.01 a.m., uh, July 18th. And if you wonder why we're putting it that way, I think it's because the studio actually forbids us to say that it's Friday. I think we have to say that it's Thursday. Or, or vice versa. I forget. No, I think you, you have to say it's Friday because confusing. the studio has all it's these weird rules. To have, or not illegal, but it's against the rules to play it before Friday. Yeah. So it's basically Thursday night, though. We don't play by the rules. Uh, the, uh, anyway, so we're, we're AM 970 will be hosting the Portland premiere of that at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard. Uh, we'll all be there. We're going to be giving away uh, prizes and swag and whatnot and hanging out and seeing the movie. So uh, go buy your tickets right now. You can go to rickemerson.com, which will take you directly to the link, or you can go to 970. Dot am. Here's Tim Riley. Let's do the top five. Let's do the top five, shall we? Five, four, three, two, one. Do the top five, then we'll get uh, phone calls, like us, all of that coming up. Good list. Yeah. Kind of, it did itself. The list came together naturally. The number one is... Oh, yeah, the number one is unimpeachable. I forgot who suggested this. We had somebody call up the show and suggest that we do this top five. I forget who that person was. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here's Tim Riley. And nearly alone among the show business careers, the world of music offers a refuge for the aesthetically challenged. Not merely the province of pretty people, the world of rock is especially known for its tolerance of the hideous. These are the top five ugliest rock stars of all time. These are the top five ugliest rock stars of all time, Tim Riley. An honorable mention going to Amy Winehouse. Where is this? Uh, there we go. And here she's honorable mention because 
Sometimes she's pretty. And I think that she was Ish. maybe pretty at one point. I can't really tell. It's totally effortless for her. What? Singing. Yeah, no, it's... She it's really just, has a great voice. Yeah, she's just so naturally gifted. You can tell she, it just comes out of her mouth. But, boy, you look at her now. I mean, that photo where she's all covered in scabs and sores and powder and paint. What a great song this is, though. Here's the thing about uh, about Amy Winehouse, is that she's become so hideous in such a short period of time that I don't think I could ever find her attractive again. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 like if your girlfriend or boyfriend fell into an outhouse. Could you ever be intimate again with a person who'd fallen into an outhouse? No, you couldn't. Yes, you could. Well, I don't know. I mean, you're dating some guy and he fell into a sewage trench. Can get it on with that guy at some point? I don't know. I think you might be screwed. That's how it is with Amy Whitehouse. It's like she fell into a sewage trench. She's like a garbage trench. Okay, these are the top five ugliest rock stars of all time. Number five, Tom Petty. Indeed. Now, Tom Petty... These are ascending order of ugliness, by the way. So, again, Amy Winehouse is on the list because she was attractive and then made herself ugly. Mm. Um... Tom Petty has sort of grown into his looks as time has gone on. As he's gotten older, he, he makes it work. He makes it work. But boy, you look at pictures of him when he was younger, and he's just a big, gangly, freaky, bucktoothed mess. And he had those like his, it, he had like those weird um, Dr. Seuss teeth that were just jutting out like in every direction. He looked like he looked like he was just like direct from Whoville. What a great song this is. He's one of those guys who had no choice but to go into rock though, because it was either better to just be a mechanic somewhere. Fantastic. All right, we're kind of on the top five ugliest rock stars of all time. Number four, Tom York. Oh, wait, I'm playing the wrong song. That's to the, that's, that's all me. That's that's my mistake. I, I apologize. Thank you. Perfect Chinese Ugh. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, no, he's got that odd eye. Like, his, like, yeah, like he's got... Thomas York has got so much wrong with his face, you can't even—you don't even know where to That's begin. Very wonky. His face is, first of all, his t- his head is tiny. Mm. He's got a tiny head. It's kind of shaped like a football. That is so unattractive to me. Like what? The tiny are, head? Yeah, heads that are disproportionately small in the body. What would you rather uh, have—a head that was too small or a head that was too big? Too big. I. I you could deal with I, the big I, head in somebody. Yeah, seriously. There's this. Uh, I know this person where everyone thinks he is so hot, and like. Is this somebody I know? No. Okay. No, he's a friend of friend. And all right. I just can never see him as hot because his head is so damn small. <laughs> it looks so much so, I'm like, it's a pretty body and a pretty face, but stick them together. 
It's like taking a Lego man and like finding a baby head and sticking it on the body. <laughs> like if your head was on somebody else's body, you would yeah. be so hot. Like uh, you could like increase that thing by thirty percent, then I could see what you look looking. Yeah, he's got the so he's got the he's got the tiny head. Um and he's got it like it's shaped like some sort of a squashy football. His hair is all wispy and thin, and then he's just got this one eye. He looks like Mad Eye Moody from Harry Potter. He's got this one eye that's like the size of a softball, and then the other one's like a the other one's like a pea. And then they're all and then like one is like six inches above the other. Did you ever hear that when he was on the cover of Spin magazine a few years ago? When they corrected him? They corrected him because they figured because they thought his face was so ugly it would prevent people from buying the magazine, and so they photoshopped his face to be normal. Oh man. I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, he's famous and everything, so go ahead. But I mean, he didn't. Again, he didn't really have any choice. Jesus. Yeah, he's he's a completely he's a completely freakishly weird looking guy. I wish I understood uh, Radiohead. I mean, are you a Radiohead fan? No, I have um, friends like Delane was really into. You feel Radiohead. like you're supposed to be though. Like it's Radiohead is one of those things. Like I feel like I'm. Like I'm really supposed to, I'm supposed to like them. I have, there are a couple Radiohead songs I just love, but I don't, I don't sit at home listening to Radiohead. But you know, there's people who are just Radiohead fanatics. Mm-hmm. And there doesn't seem to be a casual Radiohead. No, fans. it's people are really into them, and I and it makes me feel kind of dumb that I'm not. Well, what are you gonna do? Uh, uh, counting on the top five ugliest rock stars of all time. Three, Rick Ocasek from the Cars. I love this song. This song doesn't get played much anymore. This is a great song. You can tell he was aware of his ugliness, though, because he grew that long-ass hair that covered his face like Joe. I should have put Joey Ramone on this list. Oh, what the hell were you thinking? Choke. Rick Emerson, choke. I didn't put Joey Ramone on the list. Well, who would I have taken off? Tom Petty, probably. Two. Really? Really? I, I mean, disagree with you really, about this next person. We should do an Insta poll. Oh, we won't have time. I think we should do an Insta poll about number nah, two. I apologize. I should have put Joey Ramone on the list. Sorry, Joey, but it's true. I should have taken... I would have taken Tom Petty up and put Joey Ramone on. Well, Rick Ocasek's no prize either. You could open letters with that nose of his. Oh, now you're trying to justify... I'm just saying, I would leave Rick Ocasek on. Tom Petty, I would take off. I don't even know what Rick Ocasek looks like. He looks like, if you put Dana Carvey on a starvation diet... He looks like Ichabod Crane, like what you would imagine Ichabod Crane looking like. That's what Rick Ocasek looks like. Ocasek? Yeah, uh, O-C-A-S-E-K. I mean... Oh, yeah, he's yeah, unfortunate. He's, he's beaky and gangly and has a huge Adam's apple. He looks kind of like a woman, too. I can see that. Not a pretty woman, though. No. He looks like Angelica Houston if she was a guy. Yeah. That's what Rick Ocasek looks like. And, like, kind of deflated. Exactly. Deflated male Angelica Houston. Boy, she's a staggeringly ugly woman. I wanna—I mean, she's a great actress, but, boy, Angelica Houston's not pretty. All right. Well, in any event, kind of on the top five, uh, the top five ugliest rock stars of all time. Number two, Steven Tyler. Now, see, I completely agree with this. I don't know. I think he, there's something kind of handsome about him. I don't know what alternate universe Steven Tyler you're looking at. Okay, I'm the. Here's the only reason that Steven Tyler kind of looks attractive to you is because you are distracted by his massive amounts of hair. If you were to look at Steven Tyler with short hair, I think you would immediately recognize his hideousness. He's just a beak with hair. <laughs> I mean, really, that he just looks like a muppet. He's man. just a beak and lips. That's all he is. I don't, he's not, I don't 
find him that unattractive. Mm, here's the thing. If you watch the video for Angel, you know that song Angel by Aerosmith? I think so. There's a sequence in the movie, in, in the movie, there's a sequence in the video Angel where he's standing in front of a chain link fence and he's dressed like an old detective and he's got a, uh, a, a, a raincoat or whatever, you know, like a, like a trench coat and a fedora and his hair is all tucked up in the fedora. So for about five seconds, you get to see him as if he had, like, my haircut. Uh-huh. And he's hideous. I mean, I'm... Tim, where do you come down on the big Stephen Tyler hideous or not question? Hideous. Yeah, there, that's what I'm saying. I just, I'm looking at all these pictures, and I still don't think he's... He's gotten a certain charisma to him. I'll give you that. He's a certain, got a certain magnetism, but he's, he's not a good-looking man. All right. Counting down the top five ugliest rock stars of all time, Tim Riley. Number one, Shane McGowan. Of the Pogues, ladies and gentlemen. Shane McGowan, who is... Tim Riley, bye. Greatest newsman in history of the world. Back at four, five, six, and seven, top of the hour, the way through like us. God, I love the Pogues. Here's the thing about Shane McGowan. What's a mystery to me is he has money. He could get all that stuff fixed. He just doesn't care. I can't describe what he looks like. You have to take this one. I can't even uh, begin to. He has to... no teeth. He's super tall. He was told, like, I remember I was reading an article about him, like, 16 years ago. He was told he, if, if he kept drinking the way that he was, he was going to die in three years. Sonic. And so now, yeah, he's barely hanging on. But I mean, he's, he's got like, that one tooth that's shaped like a big tombstone that just juts out of his face. One tooth, like big soggy eyes, and like <laughs> he's kind of balding and. And his fingertips hair. are always stained with something brown. His fingertips are always brown. Yeah. And when he's got the unkempt nails too. Oh yeah. There's just no words. Just if you don't know what he looks like, Google Shane McGowan. Listen to this. Joey Ramone better be on your list. Mm-hmm. Next email. Pwned. All right, sorry. Yeah, I forgot Joey Ramon. I suck. I love this song. Excellent. All right, if you're on hold, hang tight. We will do phone calls uh, until the top of the uh, till the top of the hour after this. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. So loud. All right. Did you ever produce the talker? I'm barely. I did. I did. It's uh, it's in my computer upstairs. All right. Why? Hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. The end of the saddest part of the broadcasting day. The final segment of our uh, show. Coming up tomorrow, uh, we'll be joined in studio by competitive eater Joey Chestnut, as well as the kids of Whitney. Hi. Uh, we'll do uh, calls here to the top of the hour. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. I'm calling about the stupid teacher the cross branding. Yes, sir. Yeah, first of all, he should be branded himself. Yes, I do I, believe he should be branded with a big thing that says, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Yes. Um, second topic, I am a Christian, but third topic, I hate religion. Um, on that note... Wait, hold on. You're a Christian, but you hate religion? Yes. There's, okay, fair enough. Okay, religion, Catholicism. There you go. Christianity, more spiritual. There's too much dogma in it, though. That set aside, both evolution and Christianity are both... Well, creation and evolution are both religious because neither of them are observable sciences. Check right. it out. L- look up the definition of science. It's you can save this call by ending with a knock-knock joke. Okay. Knock-knock uh, joke. Who's there? Huh? Do you have? <laughs> wow. Boy, that just boy, that was full of fail. All right. Thank you, my friend. Love. Ready whip. Eat it often. Bye. Okay. Bye now. Thank you. 
All right. Oh, we missed Lemmy from Motorhead. Oh, God damn it. I and Angus Young. Oh, <laughs> it burns. I should be destroyed. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, whatever happened to Orange Julius? Uh, they're still around, aren't they? Sarah, Orange Julius? There was one in Bremerton with my high school cohorts working there. There you go. Last time I was there. So you can go to I, Bremerton, sir, and get yourself a get yourself an Orange Julius or perhaps a Raspberry Julius or a pizza a dog. A Raspberry Julius. The Raspberry Julius is fine. Don't know. That might be. All right. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson <laughs> Show. Hello. Cause mine. Uh, oh, from the Scorpions, yeah. And Ronnie James Dio. Uh, Ronnie James Dio is weird looking. I'll give you that. I can't believe we didn't remember Lemmy. No, Lemmy. And he's yeah. He Lem, just Lemmy's gross. stringy and warty and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but another guy, he could get it fixed. Doesn't care. Why? I'm Lemmy. Doesn't matter because he's a badass. Doesn't Lemmy doesn't have to fix anything because he's righteous. All right. Thank you. Have a your day. What? I got a joke to end your day. All right. Sarah, how many uh, how many minutes do we have? A minute and a half. All right. Go ahead, sir. Okay. How many kids with ADD does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, earlier today, you talked about uh, what search engines people might have used before Google. Yes, sir. Uh, I used to use AltaVista. AltaVista. And before that, uh, I used web crawler. If you remember that one, web crawler. I used Hotbot. That was my uh, Hotbot. Hotbot was Hot my. Bot. Yep. That was the search engine run by Wired magazine. That for a while was I considered the gold standard, and Google just came along and just leveled everything. All yeah. the Vista. All right, thank you, my friend. Sure thing. All right, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Rick, we love you, man. Uh huh. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Well, that's what I needed, somebody to make me sound like the voice of reason. Yes, sir. For the life of me, Rick, and hello, Sarah, I can't understand how you could uh, not mention Mick Mars from Mick, Motley Crue. Mick Mars is pretty ugly. I don't know that he would, uh, you know, the real the real flaw on this list I was seeing now is Tom Petty. Uh, Tom Petty's the weak link. Yeah, I should have taken him off this list. Yeah. Okay. And then I could have anyway. made room for a guy like Mick Mars. No, you're right, yep. though. Yes, however. Thank you. Somebody just sent me a picture of Shane McGowan. He's hideous, and he's in a wheelchair. Uh, do we have time for one more? Yeah. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Don't suck. Hey. You're the last call of the day. Be good. Rick. Yeah. Hey, I missed the first two. You didn't add Dee Snyder in there, did you? No, I mean, Dee Snyder has teeth that are filed down to points, but I'd say he's a... Oh, yeah, but when's the last time you saw him without his glasses on? God, see him on VH1 gives me the shivers. That's <laughs> like he looks into my soul. That's true. I haven't seen him without sunglasses on, like, ever. Oh, man, his eyes bug out. Oh, I didn't right. want to... Terrible. Duly noted. Best show ever, Rick. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. All right. We'll end on that. That's a good one. All right. If you're on hold right now, my apologies. No time to be uh, fair to another caller. Are you going to redo the list? Uh, No, I'm just going to burn it. I'm going to shred it. We need a shredder in here for when things go really wrong. I thought we had a shredder. I don't think so. Remember we had one at the old studio. We shredded those carrot top tickets. Yes. Okay. We're going to bring one of those in here. Uh, tomorrow, Joey Chestnut from the Competitive Eating Federation and the Kids of Whitney High. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM 970. The talker in the newsroom, Tim Riley. And the phone's Richie Bristol. The gatekeeper, Dave Zinn. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. Uh, Brian Jones, director of engineering. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Donek with me. Reynolds, thank you to her daughter, uh, Taylor, as well. Uh, like us next, Michael Mara Show at 7. We'll see you all tomorrow. As always, thank you for listening. Be safe. Don't let the bastards grenade down. Watch out for snakes. Uh, I regret nothing, and I'm huge. Bye now. You on the mark!